Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Hey everybody, Chad Terry here. Wanted to welcome you out to come and support local filmmakers to celebrate the Best of Denver 48-Hour Film Project. Where, you ask? The Mayan Theater. When? September 12th, 2019. How much is this going to cost me? 13 bucks. That's it, guys. Find us on Facebook at Denver 48-Hour Film Project. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you at the show. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6NERDS5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. I'm Andre Gower. And I'm Ryan Lambert. And you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Runner's Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Pop Culture Con 2020. I'm Brad, and with me is Zach, and we have a guest again. We'd like to welcome back Chad. Chad, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Hello. How's it going? <laughs> Good. How are you guys? Mm, bloated. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that <funny>. happens. <laughs> I was sorry to make things tired. personal. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, so the 48, um, the filming's all done. <laughs> <laughs> the main weekend is done main weekend is done are your brains still intact from wearing them out for a full 48 hour period mm, um, so during the 48 hour period mine's not as strenuous strenuous the as as the filmmakers <laughs> it's after once they turn it in that's when my strenuous work actually happens oh so you so they do 48 but you do 127 hours. right yeah <laughs> <laughs> Saw your arm off at the end of all of this. Yeah, well, he's he's also it. on call during the 48, so if any team does run into problems, like he's got to be at the ready. Yeah. Right, yeah. I made sure to have my phone like sitting right up by my head. and S- sitting, I, sitting in a big comfy chair staring into space waiting for those calls. Right, <laughs> well, I, and I was. I was waiting around for a while, waiting around for a while, and everything was going fine. And, and I was like, you know, I, th- I, think, I think I'm going to go get a beer. And all right, I'm going to get a beer. But I had stayed up so long because... I don't know if it was just like, I want to be at the ready mm-hmm. or if it was like, oh, I miss staying up doing the 48. So I'm going to stay up. Anyway, I was like super tired and I went to go grab a beer and the place I went have these rocks in front of where you park mm-hmm. and I hit the rock because like as I was pulling up, I like fell asleep <laughs> <laughs> and I just went straight into it and now I don't have AC. <laughs> I was like, oh man. So I decided to get two six packs instead of one. <laughs> I earned this. I'm going to treat myself. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, other than that, how was the your first weekend managing that whole thing? It was It was fun. It was difficult. I think this first year um, is just difficult from making sure I understand, you know, understand the rules and what rules to give people when they ask. Um, and it's, I mean, it's it, it really is just a lot of fun sitting back and, and being able to part be a part of everybody's film, you know what I mean. I know that, and I talked about that last time. It's it's a little cliche, but 
I do like when I when I saw everything because we've we've done the premiere already as well, and you know I stood kind of in the corner. I was running back and forth, doing every all, all sorts of things, and and I was watching it. And I was like, man, this one's rad. And then the next one would come up. I was like, that one's awesome too. <laughs> and so it was a lot of fun to to watch everything outside of the competition. I had a completely different viewpoint on everything, and it was it was really interesting for me. Nice. Um, yeah, so you did the, the main screenings. Yep. And uh, now you're looking forward to the best of screening, which is a, I don't know, completely, like, describe, like, what you're you're facing. Uh, like Vin Diesel, this, I show up whenever I want. You're, you're not <laughs> mic'd up, dude. Fail. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> there you go. Uh, the best of is it's it's completely different, you know, because I have – you know, watching all the films, I have my own viewpoint, my own personal look on it. And this is why we have somebody completely or a, a panel of completely separate judges. Like I don't, I don't get to, to pick and choose myself. And it's amazing what, what the judges saw versus what I saw. And, and it, it's difficult to, because again, it's one of those things where it's like, but I want everyone to win, you know, and it's, you know, if I had my choice, I'd be like, you're a winner and you're a winner. And it it just doesn't happen. Let's just that have way. another like 50 team screening. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, let's just watch all these again. It'd be so much yeah. fun. But the, the ones that, the ones that did filter out and come up on top are, are really good films. And the, the best of not, not everybody's going to actually get a, an award there. Um, you know, some of them are, are, either just strictly audience choice or, or they were something that the judges talked about, but just didn't quite get there, but they, they wanted them in the screening. And, and so it's, I just, I, I don't know. It's, it's really hard for me to talk about because it is, I can understand like the disappointment of, of teams that, that feel like they didn't move forward. But, you know, and I've talked about this before. I've talked with you guys that, once you have a finished product, once you have a finished film, that's your award. Like, mm -hmm. really. Does that make you feel good, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Because this whole thing is a sham <laughs> that my friend did not make it. <laughs> that that money that you gave me last time, I never found it. You said you, you slipped. Thanks a, a lot, Ryan. Yeah, you, you said got that one you job. That envelope into well, my his work should have spoke here. for itself because I've seen yeah. none of the other films, but I know his are the best. <laughs> um. It yeah. was very good. Sulfur X was very good. Yeah, and then like our goal every year is like really just get to the best of. Like it doesn't have to win awards. Like right. like we just want that extra screening and be like among the conversation. So yeah, it's a little rough this year not getting into right. it. And it you know how many know. years have you gotten into it? Uh, ever since two thousand twelve. No, two thousand thirteen because Thunderbolt didn't get in. But Thunderbolt didn't get in because we were late. So it's like, this oh, is the first time we haven't got in on merit. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just like, like Mike and I were texting back and forth. He's just like, did we actually make a shitty movie? I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I, like we put all our effort in this. I don't know how we could do a better one. Like, yeah. Interesting. So, but it's like, yeah, I'm, don't worry. I'm not holding like a grudge against the I judges. Would. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm glad they're anonymous. Cause like I've and talked to other people who didn't get in and it's just like, they were oh, probably really? hunting them down and trying to find out why. Right. And, 
you know, I so for me, I've only been to the the best of once with a film that I was a, a part of, and that was as a runner up audience choice. Mm. Like, so I wasn't even the top choice in in the the audience choice. Right, didn't win an award, but it was it was amazing to to get there once, and and it was really neat. Yeah, and every other time, you know. I have a film. I've, it's on YouTube. People yeah. can see it. Yeah. I think I have, it's I have good. A, I have a feeling at the end of the day, no matter if you make it into the for, the, the best of or even if you um, uh, don't win an award from it, that it doesn't – it should hopefully entice you to want to do this again and try try better at the very least, but just also for the sake of filmmaking itself. If you right. want, like keep making films and whatnot, this is a – you know, like I can't do it because I can't stay up for 48 hours, but it's a – place where people can get that creative outlet done and they can you know produce something of value to at the very least themselves if not to like other people they can share it with because it's not like you know, it's not like you can't share it beyond 48 hours right exactly so, you know yeah and yeah. i'm actually excited because like we're making a blu-ray of ours and at the commentary last week like we came up with all these ideas like what else to do with it like we're going to create a documentary about the serial killer to put on the disc and we have like eight different tracks about uh like there's a there's a hostage track where they're like the whole audio track is just they're muffled trying to explain <laughs> the movie that's funny um so there's like there is life afterwards right uh, and, the, and that's i think one of the biggest things i like to try and tell people is you know it's it's yours when you're done with it and so if 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 you if you stumbled onto something that that you want to expand on you can redo the whole entire thing mm -hmm. and expand on it and make it better and or yeah. you can just take what you have and add to it you know what i mean re-edit it or or do whatever you want yeah and that's that's the important part is just to remember that that there is life after the 48 you know yeah. like i keep Absolutely. saying there's 365 days a year if you make a movie in 48 hours 525,600 minutes yeah how do you measure? That's yeah, yeah. And yeah. You, who hasn't who hasn't listened to Rent lately? <laughs> and you don't you don't have to be selected to go to the best of. You can still buy tickets and just go to the best of. <laughs> right, and that's you know like I kept hitting that point of you know people always say remember me when you're famous. Well then support me when I'm not. Like this is people's perfect opportunity to do that. Yeah, there there are people involved around the world with the 48 hour that have moved into other other film areas you know what i mean and it's it's a stepping stone it really is it's a challenge and i understand it's a competition and it is a competition but the the biggest part of it is it's a competition with yourself you know can you get this film done can you be happy with what you've made yeah the competition element should be an ancillary benefit right yeah. exactly yeah, i was shocked to learn that there were still people who didn't turn something in at the after the 48 hours like they just abandoned it completely right and i know some teams abandon it i, th I think they even did before before kickoff like, oh wow yeah and so it's so they just gave you money and then just like yeah all right <laughs> yeah i mean they didn't give it to me unfortunately but <laughs> <laughs> yeah the 48 yeah. yeah but uh yeah and so i i really do this year um and i i think you were saying hopefully this comes out before the 48 hour uh best of yeah, it's well. at the mayan september 12th 7 p.m to 9 p.m everybody be there i'm i'm hoping that this year is different i'm hoping that that i can make it just a slight bit better and every year make it better and better and better not just the best of but everything overall mm. um i know that Kristen, you know like i keep saying she built this foundation that if it wasn't there 
I would have fallen through. Hmm. Um, so luckily every time I hit, I had a foundation to hit on because there, there were a lot of mistakes that were my fault that, that I need to work on. And, and I saw those mistakes and luckily one of them, there was a, a film that didn't screen that was supposed to, and I had no way of, of, of screening it because it wasn't on the master. Luckily we were able to work with everybody, find an online copy that they had, get it to the theater. They were able to, you know, fix sound levels to make sure all that was, wasn't going to blow out any speakers or anything. And we were able to screen it on the very end. Mm -hmm. And that was like, that was an Oh shit moment for me. Like, I don't, I know you were there yeah, and I think that the second I heard people scream out, like there's one more, I shit my pants. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, you, you handed me the mic for the Q and A, and I was like, "I was ready to like just vamp for you because it's like, do you need to go?" <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I was like, "I right need now. to go fix something." Hold yeah. on. That was a scary moment. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, and that's so that's part of like we talk about with the filmmakers themselves is when you hit that wall, what do you do? Shit your pants and sit there and do nothing? Yes, or that's you... what I do every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, or do you do you? Do you take that and try and figure something out and run with it? And luckily, we were able to fix something. Otherwise, you know, I was like, my brain was already working. How do I fix this? How do I fix this? How do I fix this? Yeah. So lemons to lemonade, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one more time. Uh, how much are tickets to the best of? Uh, Thirteen. Yeah. And you can get those at landmarktheaters.com. Yeah, I've been having a problem. Like, I put the link out on Facebook, and that takes you directly there. But every time I just like get on the internet and go to the Mayans website. Like I can't, can't I can't find, find it, it anywhere. Yeah. And so it's a little weird, but uh, there's plenty of seating at the Mayan. I think there's like 400 seats or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so it won't be like the, the sea, like we won't, I don't think we'll have any people waiting. So if you just show up day of, you'll be able to get tickets. Um, pre-orders are always great. Uh, that kind of gives us an idea of how many people will be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, you'll, you'll be able to get them there just fine. Cool. I got mine. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, I, I really am excited about it. I, I, I know, again, like I, I, I don't want to harp on the mistakes I've made, but I know that I have made them, and I want people to understand that I don't just cast those aside. Like I take those personally, and I want to make everything better, and I want to make all these all these missteps I want to take as, as learning lessons and use them and, and, like I said, make it better and better every single year for the filmmakers. Cool. All right. I know I showed up halfway through the interview, so I'm just... Yeah. That's just, cool. Well, thanks for coming yeah. by, Chad. Yeah, it's good Chad. seeing you again. Good seeing no you again. Good seeing you guys. We'll see you September 12th. Yes. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. One more time, where they can they find tickets again? Uh, you can find them on Facebook, on the Denver 48-Hour Film Project Facebook page. I've got that link there. I know that will t- take you directly there. Um, Otherwise, you can just get them at the Mayan Theater uh, September 12th. The show starts at 7, so be there early to get your tickets and get a seat because I think with everything we have to do and how much film we have to show, like it's going to be boom, boom, boom. Like we got to yeah. go, we got to go, we got to go. Yeah, I think everyone I've been to, the awards is like rushed at the end because... Right, uh, and I, I think that's going to happen again. I'm going to talk to the Mayan and be like, hey, is there any way, like what's going to happen if I go over a little bit and how much is that going to cost? And So I, I, I don't want to rush it, but I might have to. Again, it's going to be one of those... It's just a learning experience for me as well. <laughs> you know, trial by fire. Awards yeah. are in the lobby. <laughs> yeah, as, yeah, as everybody walks out, and and I I'm I'm gonna go across the street. Uh, I'm gonna 
you know, tell everybody I'm going to go across the street probably to the punch bowl social afterwards to relax and mm-hmm. hang out and just kind of talk. And so do some expensive bowling. Yeah. yeah. yeah There's right. no official after party. It's just no official yeah. after party. Just, I just want people to come hang out and, and grab a drink and just socialize and, and talk about the films and stuff and try not to try not to be like, well, who are the judges? Why didn't I get this? And why did that person get like, I don't know. And the judges, they, they do their thing. You know? My theory is it's just the judge, the Robert Downey Jr. Movie. That's who's judging. Your <laughs> That's movies. who it is. It's the judge. <laughs> the so judge. after that, are you like, do you get to take a long breather or is it like right back into like setting up next year? So I have to finish out, uh, this year, essentially like, you know, get, get everything in the mail, get everything to headquarters so that they know who, what, when, where, why all that jazz. Um, and then I can take a breather, I think, and I probably will for a month or two, but because, because I want to build everything better and better, like I keep talking about, I'll probably start pre-production for next year hmm. sooner rather than later looking for probably, um, sponsors probably hit that a little harder this year because this year I was trying to just make sure I got it off the ground. Hmm. And that's a lot of initial cost on my end, which I which is fine. I don't care about. Um, but I just, I do want to get people, um, sponsorships. I do want to get sponsorships because that's, that's a way to make it better. And it doesn't have to be money. It can be, you know, finding somebody that gives a cruise for a vacation for the top film or something like that. I don't know. Prizes and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, or just, film community awareness like. right exactly and uh the cfea actually they reached out to me um and they were like hey we want to give um two uh memberships for for their their upcoming stuff and so the best actor and best actress are going to get uh uh memberships to cfea hmm. so which is really cool wow nice perfect Wonderful. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you again for coming by, Chad. Yeah, yeah not a problem. I didn't know Punchbowl Social was like a real place oh, until yeah. like last year. <laughs> I, everyone said, I thought it was, what's the the app where you invite people, but it's like Punchbowl too? Was it a fishbowl? Fishbowl, yeah, something like that. Know. And then I was like, oh, that's a real place. <laughs> it's yeah. it's a weird place. Have you, <laughs> have you been there? No. It's, I'm it's... not cool. I don't know. What... <laughs> well, not too clear. <laughs> I, I, just, I, just, cool. I just found out it's across the street from the Mayan. First yeah, of all, yeah. don't take my thunder. Second of all. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun place, and there's not a lot of people there. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's actually I... true. It's hard it to navigate when I went there the one yeah. time. So. The food was really good. I went over there at, when I went to check out the Mayan. I went across and I was like, eh, "I'll see what they have for food." And I was like, "This yeah. is really good." The food is really good. It's like diner food, but like good diner food. Right. So yeah, you hear yeah. that? Maybe they can be a sponsor. You can have your after party there. Yeah. Tell them give you food. Right. So I was talking with them. I was trying to look at packages and stuff. So part of it too is any sort of any sort of income I do actually get off of this is not income necessary like i need to reimburse myself for what i've spent or whatever sure but i'm trying to use any income that i get out of it to put right back into it and so i was talking to them about trying to get you know how much is it going to cost to get the vip section after a film and and actually have food there so that people can show up and not necessarily have to spend money Mm. right yeah and for me it's because the filmmakers are already spending money. They're spending money on just doing it. They're spending money on all the stuff, all the equipment that they have to make a film. They're spending money on going to see their film, spending more money to see all the films and then going to the best of, right? And I I, I think that this is, again, this is just my opinion, but 
I, I just, I really want to give back as much as I can to the filmmakers because that's what I want to celebrate is I want to celebrate filmmaking. And there he goes. Thanks Chad for being on the show. Make sure you pick up your tickets to the best of 40 hour film festival online at the Mayan theater. You know, I, I, I was going to chime in, but you know, I let him do his thing. Um, if you go and click on their calendar, it pops up. Mm-hmm. Just remember mm-hmm. September 12th. You can select it there. Nice. Yeah. On the Mayan Theater. Buy uh, your website. tickets. Or Landmark now. It's weird. You like you go to Landmark and you have to select the theater you want. Mm. Um, select region. Select city. <laughs> yes. Select- yeah. Um, it's it's way better than their site like used to be. Oh, no. It's <laughs> it's easy to get there. Once you, once you have the theater, it's really yeah. it's really easy. Mm. And there's an app that's even easier oh, I never for your know. phone. Yeah. I, I'd never go to those ones because I'm too um, – I like my – you're tentpole. too highbrow. Yeah, I like my tentpole movies too much. <laughs> I, I don't give a fuck about <laughs> the peanut butter and jelly sandwich or whatever the fuck movie is with Shia LaBeouf. Oh, man. You're going to be disappointed. Why? It's a really great movie. <laughs> great? Uh, I mean, it's, it's no Avengers Endgame, but... <laughs> I mean, you said great, but I saw your letterbox score, so it can't be that great. I gave it four stars. That's good movie. Great would be like five. <laughs> Well, it's no Avengers Endgame. Of course not. No movie is. But I'll explain later during what we've been watching. Oh, that's right. On this on Real Nerds Podcast, every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. This week we saw... Fuck, what did we see this week? Ready or not. Ready or not. I saw it, I saw it really early in the week. Are you ready or not for recording? I saw it really early in the week. Stay tuned to the end of the movie. getting a little Okay, sorry, Kellen. Kellen says we're getting a little cranky in here. Um... We will tell you if you should see the movie or not, play the trailer, then spoil the movie. And this movie does have spoilers in it, oh, so yeah. uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll also talk about movies we've been watching, movie news, and uh, movies that are coming out on Blu-ray. Um, Zach, how's your trip to New Hampshire? Brad, so before we start the show... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's cold, man. It's cold. I love the New England area. It's beautiful. It was fun. Um, I... Um I've been... Um, I haven't really talked about it on the show, but I've been working on developing a project, and... There was a thought that we were going to um, try to shoot it sooner, but um, we've uh, decided to go a different direction in planning out the financing of it. So uh, I will be going out there at the end of October to shoot a pitch trailer. But yeah, no, the trip was fun. Uh, did a lot of creative stuff and um, was able to kind of see different parts of the towns at Petersburg and Jaffrey. Um, I went to a pizza barn there to have some pizza, and there was a Lethal Weapon 3 pinball machine. I did not have time to play it, but... <laughs> You know? I didn't have time to play a pinball game. And also, I didn't have any quarters on me. But, you know, that's excuses, excuses. <laughs> that right? is excuses. Get yeah. some quarters, weirdo. Yeah. Uh, we, were you can go... up, we were picking up the pizza. We weren't. We just ordered it, so. Okay. Anyways, Brad, what's happening around town? Can you talk about it? Hey, film buddies. Follow me around Denver. Uh, this week at the drive-in, um, they're showing Angry Birds 2, followed by Lion King, followed by Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So Sony's slowly taking over the drive-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably because their movies are cheap to buy. I'm sure they are. Whereas Disney is just rolling around in money. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. And they've got an app coming out, so they're like, we don't need your screenings. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care about the theater experience anymore. Uh, you can watch all our, our big, expensive Hollywood movies on your phone now. Yep. Nix will start cutting all the budgets of the sound designers who make those <laughs> theater experiences. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, so at the Esquire, 
Nah, Disney cares too much about movie magic. <laughs> <laughs> They'll cut throats to preserve the movie magic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm stalling a little bit because I totally forgot to look up the... Uh... Ryan's drawing a Spider-Man or an alien? I'm Spider-Man. Okay, I can't... Oh, okay. I see the webbing now. I couldn't see the webbing from back there. It's very nicely shaded. <laughs> oh, thanks. When I was in high school, I would just always draw Spider-Man heads and Green Goblin heads. Nice. So it's the one thing I can draw without even <gasps> like thinking. You're gonna draw the Willem Dafoe head? Oh, duh. I'm gonna keep that drawing, and then when it becomes valuable, I'm gonna sell it for ten dollars. <laughs> ten bucks? That's that's quite a bit of money for <laughs> for, for, a for a shitty sketch. <laughs> Below a script. <laughs> Below a script. Uh, Do a little word bubble where he says "back to formula." <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I guess really the line he says is out, am I? <laughs> so, yeah. What's up, Brad? What's I was, up, I was waiting for a place to cut this in. <laughs> uh, August 30th at the Esquire, they're screening The Room and Rocky Horror Picture Show. So, uh, that's a monthly thing. And then the following week is The NeverEnding Story. So, so yeah, are those screenings always really packed. I mean, they have to be because oh, no. every month. Oh, oh, the the Rocky Horror in yeah. the room. Yeah, I mean they're not packed, but close. Um, I really I've never Rocky been to the Rocky Horror, Horror one, so I don't know. Overrated. I want to go to the Rocky Horror one because everyone tells me I should. When I was there last night, um, I guess they don't always do the normal show. I guess there's themes sometimes. So mm. I think the next one is uh. Uh, how was it? Christmas themed, I think. I forget. Christ- but I was when I heard, it, I was like surprised that, like, it's not always just the movie. They they, they change it up and like add stuff to it. So, but I've never been to one, hmm. so I don't I don't know. I've only been to the room ones, and those are pretty, pretty full. Yeah, <laughs> half full. They'll really be full when Tommy shows up. So, do you, so does Tommy Wiseau still make money off every screening? Probably he has to because he owns the rights to the movies. Like, so that's why there's no like. So great the, Blu-ray of the movie. So they have to buy, I guess, the the film from him. I guess is how he makes his money. Yeah, like a, like access to the print and license yeah. it out. Like he makes his yeah. money off of licensing that print out. It's a popular movie. Yeah, just imagine like this multiplied across the country. Yeah, um, it's crazy. That with the exposure from the disaster artist, like he's he's doing fine. Yeah, no, enough I, to make a movie called Big Shark. Which... I mean, I would if I made a really crappy movie and everyone just saw it, I'd ride that. I've already said this many times. I'd sell out like a motherfucker. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, you're surfing USA all throughout that <laughs> throughout that money. Yep. So that's what's going on. Cool. Oh, wait. And then the best of the 48th, September 12th. Might as well tell you about that one more time. Yep. Right on. I mean, uh, I'm not going to go because you're not in it, so <laughs> I have no reason to. That's that's not that's not supporting the community, right? Don't care. I support you. I don't support the community. Well, you didn't come when I was there <laughs> when I was in there. So. Uh, I did twice. Mm, which one? Uh, for Don't Be a Pussy and for... Um, so 2012. Yeah. And then one more. Which one other ones? What other ones? I don't know. Catastrophe. Catastrophe. No. Thunderbolt 2. Cardian Sorrow. If It Bleeds. Um, Dario Vanya Frank. Dario Vanya Frank. One of them. I don't remember. Thunderbolt... I've been no, to two wait, of them. Didn't a long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away. I mean, if you want, I, I mean, I've had my kid for five years. I can start bringing him, too. In this podcast, we have Mr. Skelton. Okay, and Mr. Skelton's in yeah. the podcast. 
No fair. How does Kellen get Mr. Skeleton? I can't get Mr. Skeleton to come on my show. Put a noose around his neck. I don't know how that got on there. <laughs> that is haunting. That is the only thing I didn't do. <laughs> I would sleep with an eye open. I offered him 20 bucks. He still said no. <laughs> then again, he didn't say anything. Okay. Yep. Dead men tell no tales and hit metal chairs. Yep. I think Mr. Okay. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to go to things when, you know, you're not involved. Yeah, I know. I was um, jerking you around. I know. Oh, <laughs> sweet. Um, <laughs> but it's like, mm. what? Because, I, I mean, I know I'm biased, but sometimes when I watch stuff, I'm like, this isn't as good as Brad's. Why is this winning? Also, in around town, though, uh, if it makes it up on time, uh, Tuesday at the Shea Artiste, they're showing North by Northwest, and Ryan and I'll be there. Uh, Wednesday, right? Wednesday, yeah, sorry, Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday the 28th, Ryan and I will be there. Um, yep. But you shouldn't come for us. You should come to see Cary Grant on a big screen. Or Ava St. Marie. Directed by <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock. Starring James Mason as the most bored villain in cinema history. Great movie. Yep. I'll be film. there. In a wonderful movie theater. Yeah. I think it's delightful. I don't know what you're talking it's about. It's fine. It's a cool strip mall theater. I dig it. Harkens back to a simpler time before stadium seating <laughs> and being comfortable. <laughs> they have all new seats. Mm. Yep. I discovered that the Esquire armrests actually fold up, so you can actually treat it like a couch. Nice. Mm. Just like the AMC used to do. Yeah. But now they've got recliners, so I guess it's yeah. irrelevant. But that's why I loved to go to the AMC as a kid, because I was just like, I'm just going to lie down. <laughs> you know what, Brad? I'm tired of hearing around town with you. I'm tired of it. Fine. I want to hear uh, a I'll room leave. with a view, which Corinne is going to tell us about on Catching the Classics. Hey, nerds. Corinne here for part 24 of Catching the Classics, where I watch famous and popular movies I've never seen before and send in my review. This week, I tackled A Room with a View. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty good movie. I liked it. Um, this is a whole discussion, but um, just... For just to start off, I want to say that I knew I didn't really actually know a lot about this movie. I knew there were very famous actors in it. I knew Helena Bonham Carter is in it. She's very young looking in this movie. She does a great job. Maggie Smith and Judy Dench are in it. Um, I thought Judy Dench was going to be in it a lot more. She basically just gets like a glorified cameo. She's in maybe like three or four scenes. And that's it. And it's only at the very beginning of the movie. Like, they mention her character a couple of times in passing later. But, yeah, she's only in, like, three scenes at the beginning. And I didn't know this, but Daniel Day-Lewis is in the movie as well. And because it's a British show, that means I knew pretty much everybody else in the cast. Um, the guy who plays Helena Bottom Carter's character's brother uh, is from Sherlock... Incidentally, the guy who plays Reverend Beeb is from, uh, like, he was in Four Weddings and a Funeral, so I watched two of his movies back-to-back. -back. That was kind of weird. I can't remember the actor's name, but you would all probably recognize him if you saw him. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you nerds have probably not seen this movie. Maybe one of you has, but um, I'm going to guess that most of you probably haven't. So I don't want to spoil things too much for you. Um, okay, what, 
what I'll say about the movie is that I I actually ended up watching it twice because the first time around I think it was like the structure of it was very jarring because um so it's about Helena Bottom Carter it, her character Miss Honeychurch she and her relative Maggie Smith go on holiday to Italy and they end up bumping into these uh, fellow English tourists, one of whom, uh, crap, I can't remember the actor's name, which weirdly, he's been in an episode of The Blacklist, um, the guy who plays her love interest in the movie. He was an, a villain on one of The Blacklist episodes, and he was actually one of the better villains on The Blacklist, so props to him for that. Um, but he looks a lot younger and a lot hotter in this movie. When he's in the blacklist, he kind of is, he's got like a weird, like old guy mullet thing going on, but here he looks way better. Um, anyway, so they meet and even though they only like spend a couple of days together, they fall in love with each other, which you all know how I feel about that, considering our discussion from four weddings and a funeral last week. Um, and then she goes back to England and she, <clears throat> she gets engaged to Daniel Day-Lewis's character and then her guy, George, comes back in to her life and this whole drama llama for your mama goes down. It's actually kind of a funny movie. There are a couple of different little things that pop up that, um, like I burst out laughing there, there's one scene where George, the love interest guy, he is, like, gonna run back, like, after he kisses Helena Bonham Carter's character, and he, like, hands his hat to his dad, and his dad, who is played by the guy who plays Marcus Brody in the Indiana Jones series, if any of you are familiar with that guy, um, he, like, takes his son's hat and puts it on top of his own hat. So then he's wearing two hats and then he's like, wait, what the hell? Oh, I'm wearing two hats. It's a very funny moment. I don't do it justice by retelling it to you now, but yeah, there are a couple of like funny moments in the movie. Um, I think the, the weakness for me, like I said, was kind of the structure of the movie. I know it's based on a book, but I don't really know a lot about the book. So I'm just going to go off of what it is in the movie. I feel like they should have spent more time in Italy because once they get back to England, there are a couple of scenes that are kind of pointless to the overall plot. Like they're there purely for like thematic and maybe like character moments. But if you took them out, it really wouldn't change a lot of things. And I, I, that, that really frustrated me the first time and the second time around actually. Actually, it frustrated, me, it frustrated me more on the second time. The first time, I was just like, wait, what, 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 what? You know, it was just, this movie just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It just, I would love to do a commentary on this movie because it is just so weird and good. And yeah, it, okay, so the second time around, I noticed a lot more of the theme work in this movie and it is really, really good, and I think that kind of elevates it. It gives it, like, a higher ceiling of what this movie can achieve. But there are also still, like, little things that hold it back. Like I said, the structuring is very weird. There are a couple of continuity errors that I noticed the second time around, which I know that happens in every movie, so it's not really a big deal. But it's just, like, little things like that. And 
the fact that you spend more time with some characters than others. Uh, so George, the initial love interest from that she meets in Italy versus Daniel Day-Lewis's character, Cecil, who we spend way more time with Cecil, even though we're supposed to like George. And George does get like one or two like really, really great scenes that kind of win you over. But unfortunately, it's like so far into the movie that you're just kind of like, wait, why the hell am I rooting for this guy? Oh, oh, he made a good point. Okay, I guess I'm rooting for him now. So, it it has great characters. It has wonderful performances. Pretty much, like, I'm not a huge Helena Bottom Carter person. I like her in some stuff. I really liked her in The King's Speech. I think this might be, like, right up there with The King's Speech in terms of just how much I really enjoyed her performance, because I think sometimes she just, she's, like, typecast in the same way that Johnny Depp is, where she just plays a lot of weird people. But, yeah, and then, of course, Maggie Smith is great. Um, Judy Dench, even though she's only in, like, four scenes, she does a great job. Pretty, everybody does a great job. And Daniel Day-Lewis, um, his character is very unlikable, but there's this scene toward the end of the movie where, well, I guess, spoilers, um, Miss Honeychurch, Helena Bonham Carter's character, breaks up with him, and he is just, like, totally heartbroken. Like, you can just see that come across in his performance, and I was just like, dang it, I was not rooting for you before, but now I feel bad for you. Like, shit, <laughs> your performance has won over my empathy for you. Dang it. <laughs> um, oh, side note, there's also this scene <laughs> halfway through the movie where there are these three guys running around naked, and it's it's an, another one of those scenes where it's like there's literally no reason for it to exist other than for the theme work and I, it actually i had to have a discussion with a friend of mine over like how this could maybe why this was in the movie and so we but it we figured out that it actually does kind of tie into um some stuff from earlier when they're in italy where, you know, there's a shot of, like, all those statues of, like, these Greco-Roman heroes, and, of course, a lot of them are naked guys, you know, they're, you know, Adonis and all this kind of stuff, where it's like, ha, 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 so maybe that was kind of the send-up to that, is like, oh, the male form and men being very Italian in their passion and their pursuits or something, I don't know, whatever. It wasn't, like, a gay thing, but it was just, it was just weird. It was so weird, you guys. This movie has a lot of scenes like that where they're just... It's like, why is this here? This contributes nothing. But they're... I, I don't know. Whatever. Like I said, I would love to do a commentary for this movie because it is just so bizarre. But, but some of it is, like, really, really good. And then other parts, it's like, why? Why is this here? Um... One more thing I want to bring up is that there are title cards in the movie. So, like, when they're in Rome, it shows you, like, oh, they're in Rome. And then it was like, oh, returning to England. And then it's like that. But then there are other little, they're not title cards. They're almost like little, um, like, caption kind of things where it's, like, just gives you just some random information. It's like, you know, this group of people is going out to the countryside in Italy. And it's like, why did you have to tell me that? I can see it for myself. So I don't know if that was supposed to be like a send-up to the book or if it was... I, I don't know. It was just stupid. It's like, why is this here? 
this contributes nothing. So, again, there are, there are weirdly a lot of things like that in the movie, but somehow it still works. And I think the themes and the performances and the characters just win you over. And so that's why I felt like I had to give it a second watch, because otherwise I would have probably given it like three stars after my watch the first go around. But since I looked it over again, the themes work a lot better once you know kind of the story. Um, so I'm going to give it four. I'm going to give it four out of five stars. So the next one is another one I'm going to let all of you pick. I will either watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the World or Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So the polls should be up for that. So go vote. I don't know when this is going to get posted, but go go vote on that if you haven't already. And I will talk to you all next time. Bye. Thanks, Corinne. You know, even though you're not here in person, we always feel like you're here in spirit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll never forgive you for what you said about Top Gun. <laughs> or Night of the Living Dead. Or Night of the Living Dead. Or Scarface. Because no, Scarface sucks ass. No, no, but she basically equated it with Top Gun at that Yeah, point. exactly. Yeah. I can tell you're hurt because you had a custom t-shirt made with uh, Corinne's face on it and her eyes X'd out. Yeah, and it just says, "Say, don't say this about Top Gun. Yeah. Or also seems kind of excessive given that you're a cop, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just noticed you have Goose right next to her. That's right. He'll live forever. On the back is just... Uh, Anthony Edwards looking up into the sky with clouds and an eagle flying over, and it says in loving memory. That's how I think of Anthony Edwards regardless of Top Gun, so that's how I think of him in Zodiac. (laughs) (laughs) Cool, what's next? Oh, sorry. uh, Corinne, so she put out a, uh, well, I put it up, but it's, uh, uh, you get a choice between Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and A Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Well, easy. Yeah, That's Scott, Scott Pilgrim. Pilgrim. <laughs> That's oh, why I told her. I voted for Hitchhiker because I want to hear her thoughts on that. It's Scott Pilgrim's on... way better. Yeah, I yeah. agree, but I still want to hear her thoughts on Hitchhiker. In fact, that's a movie I want on 4K so bad, is Scott Pilgrim. Oh, I'm sure Universal will put it out at some point because it's got a cult following. Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> Plenty of movies have cult followings that don't get the, I know. their due. Super Mario Brothers, the movie, doesn't <laughs> necessarily count, Brad. <laughs> Uh, I'm subscribed on Facebook to many fan threads. Uh, <laughs> dude, dude, uh, Britain has the Blu-ray. Yeah. They won't, oh, yeah, they won't got, put it over here. They've got the Blu-ray of everything. You can get a Blu-ray of Dawn of the Dead from 1979, technically, well, in Europe. Have, well, yeah, but they have a new one coming out. It's a 4K like re-release with all three cuts. I think it's next February. That, Is it all region? All region. <gasps> that I should probably get. Oh, hmm. my God. Did you guys see that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is in Mortal Kombat? So the Terminator, like as himself? Yeah. The Terminator. Oh, I was going to say as himself. Well, no, but as a Terminator, so they're using his likeness. Yeah, T-800, as, yeah. As his voice. You can take it out Luke Kang. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and the Joker. and yeah. Joker fits in the world pretty well. <laughs> well, yeah. They yeah, have the DC Universe crossover. Yeah, and he can kill people. Freddy Krueger's not in that Dead by Daylight, is he? No, he's in he's, Mortal Kombat 9. So Okay, so there you go. I was going to say Freddy Krueger belongs in Mortal Kombat if Michael and Leatherface get to be in Dead by Daylight. So. Oh, Jason's in it too, and Leatherface, Mortal Kombat X. Get it, it's awesome. So Michael's only been in one video game, is what you're telling yep. me. Bullshit. Yep. Nelson, he is a 4K last action hero. Oh, fucking A, we do. I filled that out after you sent that to me. You did? Yeah. Nice. Fucking yeah, I did. better get on it. I want a 4K special edition, because I think someone has to make a documentary about the making of that film. 
You know what, guys? I'm now a top fan from Shout Factory, so I'll I'll reach out to him. Okay. <laughs> yeah, what the hell's what's his name doing? Director McTiernan. He just got out of prison. He's free. <laughs> oh no, the writer. Uh, Shane Black. Shane, Shane Black. Yeah, what's he doing? Yeah, he's not busy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it'd be awesome to, to make a documentary about that. You know, if it was years ago, I would settle for the 4K. But since they've they've jerked us around this long, I'm gonna need a special edition. Fucking a. While we're at it, though, where's the that uh, True Lies Blu-ray that I need? I don't know. Cameron's busy. Anyways, thanks for in for sending yeah. in stuff. What's we, next? We always go off uh, on topic. Uh, hey, movie news. It's real news. Uh, do we want to talk about the uh, frustrating stuff first, or do we want to do something positive first? I don't care. All right. Um, I'm going to start with positive stuff uh, that will eventually lead into the bad stuff. Uh, D23 has been happening and they made a shit ton of announcements. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll start with the things that haven't really had a trailer yet, but we're getting Moon Knight and She-Hulk. You know the one thing series. that bothers me is people that don't really read comics or even people that read comics associate Moon Knight with Batman and they're really not similar at all. It drives they me look crazy. alike, right? But they're like, vig- he's a vigilante. I guess, right? but I he's think a vigilante with multiple personalities so he's crazy. So they're just saying they're just basing it off the vigilante thing. They're yeah, not... and I mean the look. He's all white. I guess Batman is gray and black, and sometimes gray and blue. Yeah, I, I don't see it. But Shield's TV show sounds fun. Um, depending, I, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with it, but you know, we'll see. They say um, if it's animated or is it live action? I didn't say on here, but I'm just doing logos right now. Yeah, it's as far as I can tell. Um, but uh, Disney Plus also announced a bunch of other stuff. Uh, and they gave us some trailers for some stuff. Um, uh, they gave us a trailer for Lady and the Tramp, their live action version of that, and I actually like it because it looks like the animals have a little bit more expression on their face, and they're also interacting with humans, so that takes. Away that seems time. like the right platform for that kind of movie. Yeah, I agree, and I like Tessa Thompson, so I'll watch her even if she's playing a dog. Um, we also got a trailer for something that I, I'm not a big reality show fan, or like you know docu whatever but the world according to jeff goldblum just sounds delightful and that trailer looks fun um but that's coming to disney plus via a collaboration with nat geo and it's just going to be jeff goldblum wandering around learning about new things because he's trying to learn new things which i appreciate um and then uh we got also a confirmation that ewan mcgregor is returning to play obi-wan kenobi in a uh uh, Disney Plus series that takes place during the Solo um, spinoff era. So, uh, yeah, I- I'm down for that. I'm really down for that. Uh, but the Star Wars thing that w- came out that was, the, I think, the best part of it uh, was the trailer for The Mandalorian. And yeah, awesome. I've had zero excitement for this show until I heard Werner Herzog say something in Star Wars land. <laughs> That that's what sold me. Like they're going to get my money because Werner Herzog said some words, um, and also they showed some footage from uh, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Apparently, Kylo Ren still has Darth Vader's helmet. So uh, I wonder how that's going to play into all the things that are going to happen. What there. a well, fucking Empire nerd! <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. What a fanboy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Vader much. Um, uh, so yeah, um, and. It looks like that's pretty much Do you much think they it. doctored the shot where he's not putting together back his helmet, he's putting back together Vader's helmet? Mm. I maintain, like, if you look closely, those aren't his hands putting mm. together that helmet in that trailer, because they're all furry, so... Mm. 
Um, and uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. But it's crazy because you know I when I was watching the End Game um, behind the scenes, they were never in the suits they were wearing in the movie. I know Robert Downey Jr. wore like a hoodie and jeans. Yeah, throughout all that, filming. and just with a bunch of like you know marks Dots, on it and yeah. stuff. And um, I mean, they did it in Spider Man Far From Home too because in the trailer he's in um, his normal uh, costume when he's at the homeless shelter, but in the movie he's an Iron Spider. Mm-hmm. So they they do it constantly. And yeah, it, was it uh, was the Force Awakens really the first trailer that kind of fucked with people like that? It's the first one I remember pretty clearly where they're doing a lot of establishing shots that were not even in the movie at all. It's probably the most famous one I can remember. Yeah. Or of recent memory. I know trailers have done it before, but yeah. not not to the extent you're talking about. Because, I mean, they... Disney and Marvel, I mean, they doctor their trailers all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, Avengers didn't really doctor anything for its first trailer, did it? Like the very first. Well, they didn't show much of anything. To, no, like, but like know. the final trailer for the first Avengers. I don't remember like, the I mean, first that one. I don't, oh, Infinity War. No, 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 no. For like the first Avengers movie in 2012. Oh. God, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't yeah. have to. And I don't even remember if Age of Ultron did it. So, but yeah. Um, no. But yeah, the fact that like I was, I would I was convinced those time travel suits were just actual fabric. Yeah. And throughout crazy, the movie, they're right? all digital. It blows my mind. Um, and, um, so I'll move on to some, um, sad news that was announced on Wednesday, um, uh, by kind of, uh, just, I'll just flat out say it. Um, Sony and Disney are having a stupid child fight and, uh, long story short, uh, Kevin Feige will no longer be creatively producing, uh, for the Spider-Man films, uh, that they were, uh, initially attached to do. And more importantly, the Sony deal with Disney to have Spider-Man in the MCU is now kaput. Um, I want to have Ryan start because he's the one that's most attached to the Spider-Friends. Well, it was going to happen eventually because yeah. you have way too much money tied up on on certain... Oh, yeah, it's dead, buddy. I heard it's not even final, it's so they've reached, they've reached an impasse. So. Yeah, they, they've reached an impasse, and eventually, because you have so... I mean, you have so much money involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Spider-Man... It's shocking to me that Far From Home was the first billion-dollar Spider-Man movie. They all made, like, 800 and $900 million. Mm-hmm. But it, Disney wants a part of it, because, like, the only reason he's as popular as he is because we put him in the MCU. And I, I, I read an, as an interview... Uh, on uh, Variety, where Feige said they, they said that Spider Man is Feige's favorite character, yeah, and he's will do anything to make it right. And I, I remember he they were talking about when Amazing Spider Man two came out that he said I will come and help you edit this movie um, to make it better for free because I care about Spider Man that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, who knows? I mean, it, I mean, Sony's stocks plummeted. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, I don't, I don't know how they're going to resolve it. And I mean, Tom Holland's contractually obligated to appear in another movie, so he's going to have to do it. And John Watts, I, I it was reported that he was still uh, contracted for something, but I guess he's not because Disney's trying to lure him away from well, other. Well, I mean, it's pretty much this is a total tangled web, yeah. and they got to find no their, pun intended. Really. They got to find their way out of it, and it might be. It, it's pretty arrogant of Sony to think that they can. Um, make Spider-Man really good without Marvel right now. I heard it was actually Disney pushing to like 
take more control of it. Right. And yeah. They just kind of stood their ground. And Disney, you know, like I, I at the end of the day, I think it's two children fighting over IP, which I, you know, I I, I care about it, but I'm also just like it's two billionaires fighting and throwing. Yeah, I mean, and at the end of the day too, it's. Marvel doesn't own their flagship character. That's probably pretty annoying for them. It's it's annoying, but they also they also need to. I think that Disney. I love Disney. I'll stay up front, but they are getting very cocky between buying Fox and doing all the things they're doing. It's fine. They're justified to an extent because of how much money they can make off of it. But to come in immediately with an offer of fifty fifty to me sounds a little disingenuous to the fact that Sony for all its faults with the character has managed to keep the character in their possession. And that's the no, card I, they have. I mean, I don't know if it's faults. I mean, it's, they don't understand the world building as well as Marvel did. Nope. Um, if you cut the world building out of Spider-Man, amazing Spider-Man two, I think it's actually a pretty fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. They'll figure it out. I, I'd be, I'd actually be shocked if they don't come to some agreement. I think they're going to have to, at the very least for a third MCU Spider-Man and anything going forward because that dangle, not a, that dangling web thread of uh, Peter Parker's identity being revealed at the end of Far From Home. Spoilers, by the way. Um, but that doesn't matter because you know, well, but, but all the references to Tony Stark, though. Yeah, like, that's that's yeah. the part that matters is his legacy with Tony Stark. Is yeah. because like we've set up up this arc, it needs to get resolved. Yeah, because yeah, it's. I mean, I, I could see uh, a movie. I mean, I. I I like Peter Parker more than Miles Morales, but I can see, you know, in a movie where Peter slowly turns into Iron Man and then they have Miles be Spider-Man. Could totally um, work. Um, but, but um, I mean, like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm angry at Disney because they, you know, they're throwing a lot of weight around and, you know, that, that it's, it feels like bullying to an extent, but well, the, Sony... the problem is, is other movie studios have got to start stepping up and, being able, and I understand that Disney has a lot of power, mm-hmm. but they got to start making movies that people want to see. I uh, mean, that's the end. At the end of the day, you got to make movies that people want to see. Right now, well, so so here's the thing. I was going to say, Sony technically made two movies that people wanted to see, but that is not a reason for them to leave so a negotiation what, what movies? table. Uh, that, Venom made a lot of money for them. Enough money to... It to, did. Yeah, and Into the Spider-Verse is an Oscar winner. Yeah, but, they have a, uh, they, but I will argue that Spider-Verse is a great film but only made $130 million. I, I agree, so that's what I'm saying. They so, had success, but that doesn't give them the reason to walk away from the negotiation. No, I, I, I agree, but you, you, they don't... They have... People want to see Disney movies. I understand. You got to... You've got to find a way to break through. I understand. And Sony thinks that they can do that by just walking away from the negotiation And they, they probably can. That, that's where Sony however, is. However, I'd say they're also playing with fire because you might create such a backlash for Spider-Man not being in the MCU mm-hmm. that it could ruin the character. That's why I. That's what I was getting to. Not, they, not so, the character of who he is, mm-hmm. but people will be like, I'm not going to see that movie. It's not tied with Marvel. Yep, because they've or, they, Sony walked into... They, they should have knowingly walked into the negotiation room knowing that they're so intertwined right now that to remove him from the MCU and try to do something on your own, whether it's with Tom Holland or without Tom Holland, is foolish. That's the thing. Like Sony, like so, they're none. Neither side is acting rationally right now. I don't feel mm. like at the end of the day. I think Disney has more. Okay. Um, um, but I think Disney is a little more sound because they have a bigger card in their hand, which is the MCU. 
So, but I, at the end of the day, it's it's two people fighting over something that really should be an easy resolution, mm. especially since you were able to make this deal happen in the first place. It's not easy because of all the money. The, yep. It'll never be easy because of the money. Yep. Because it, Marvel, I mean, Marvel already owns the licensing rights, mm-hmm. so they're making tons of money off of that. Forget the billion which, dollars that it made at the box office. Which is also kind of why I'm like, Disney doesn't really need to uh, uh, push Sony financially around like i mean if they did like 60 40 with sony getting the 60 that makes more sense yeah, but me. sony has a problem too because they've been trying to dump their film division for a long time i know so i don't know if this is like all some kind and, of ploy to say and, we're gonna buy sony and disney can play the wait out game They're like whatever yeah i mean ultimately we'll at the end of the day, spider-man's not the crux of the mcu like it's it's no. a big important part of it but it's not you know, like Thor, Love and Thunder. You know, like mm-hmm. is like, like Thor's an established well, that's, character. That's what I mean. Them. Like the MCU will be fine. Yeah, it's, it's what is if Sony wants to go on their own on Spider Man, that's their right, but they better have a plan. I don't know. Like my impression of the movies is they're setting up Spider Man to be the lead of the MCU in this next phase. So, so hard to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Sony had other announcements uh, this week. Uh, they announced the title of Bond 25, and it's called No Time to Die. It's awesome. Uh, in other news, it's a, it sounds like a title that would come out of a Simpsons episode. <laughs> like, But it's a good title. I like yeah. it. And um, I, I am I'm excited for a new Bond. But yeah. if it is Daniel Craig's last outing, there is time to die. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's irony, guys. It's irony. I saw this weird feeling that it, James Bond is a code name. And then at the end, he kind of just walks away, and it's like a different Bond. And that would be a way to make all the Bonds canon, where it's just a different James Bond. Well, I think this one, he starts out like he is retired from mm. MI. I haven't read any synopsis. Or whatever it. organization they are. Um, and then there's someone's replaced him with that code name. Mm. And I'm guessing they get killed, and he has to replace them and finish out the mission. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Even like Spectre was a letdown after Skyfall. Still a fun movie. Yeah, I like Spectre just fine. I I like set pieces were awesome. I like I like a little Christoph Waltz in my life, and apparently he's going to be in No Time to Die too. So, Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, but yeah, that was. um, I'm going to lead into to another studio that I don't know if they're giving me something I want to see or not, but I'm very intrigued. The Matrix Four is happening. And uh, they've been saying that for a while, though. Yeah, with Lana Wachowski coming to direct, but not Lily. Uh, and Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss are signed on to uh, be on board, along with the original concept artists and designers of the original trilogy. So, sure, I mean, I'm those, down for this. All those people were involved in the other two, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. Maybe enough time has passed where they can um, reinvigorate the franchise. As long as they have a fresh idea. Yeah. Like, well, that's I, what was really lacking I, in the last two. I think yeah. there's enough relevancy to their concept today that you can do something with it. Yeah. I just It depends on how they handle it. I haven't seen Reloaded or Revolutions in a really long time, but I think they relied... What I do remember, I think they relied too much on the uh, kung fu swooping camera stuff, and they went away from the uh, world that they built. I think uh, I, I, you're right. Um, my, my problem with the rewatch, honestly, was that the CGI doesn't hold up. Uh, it's they, like, I know there's like bad CGI doesn't hold up, but like the fight, the, um, the fight with uh, Neo and a bunch of the Smiths in reloaded. It's tough to watch. <laughs> that never looked Burly good. Brawl. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but like it's, it feels tougher yeah, now yeah, somehow. I, I have not, I have not seen those movies in probably 
10 years. I think Revolutions, though, the scenes in Zion, the fights in Zion, they still look pretty good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, um, the melee does not work, um, even more so. The early 2000s is not aging well. No, it's like, you know, it's Nintendo 64 had a lot of great games and PlayStation one, but they do not age well at all. You know, the PS2 and the GameCube games still look pretty good. When we had my birthday party, we tried to play GoldenEye. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We played the shit out of that game when it came out, but I had a hard time looking at it. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, my my curiosity with with this Matrix Four was that uh, uh, Lana is not going to be involved. Um, the only thing I've heard within that realm is that there was some kind of like infighting with their production company at some point that folded a couple of years ago. So I don't know, maybe they're just going off their separate ways. But um, which ex- but it explains why Lana Wachowski says I'm not was said a few weeks ago I'm not involved in it, but I wish them the best of luck. So yeah. you know, um, and then. Uh, yeah, but there's no other confirmed cast members and whatnot. I want more Hugo Weaving. Mm-hmm. Find a way to put Smith back in there, but have him be something else. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, he can't be anything. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, true. He can, yeah. Um, but uh, I, there's a trailer that came out for a movie called Polaroid, and the only reason I bring it up is because th- this is one of the last films that was stuck in limbo after the Weinstein uh, news broke. So it's this unfortunate whole- name. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, but uh, Polaroid, like a horror film and whatnot about a camera that like steals your soul and whatnot, it looks dumb, to be honest. Mm. But I wanted to bring it up because I was curious what the fuck was going to happen to this movie because Dimension was pushing it uh, heavily within the like months leading up to that story breaking. So um, there was like a poster outside the Alamo Littleton for like it. the longest time. Um, and then... Uh, I'm going to move on to some movie pass news. Uh, they exposed a bunch of credit card numbers, so fuck those assholes. Get out now. Like, seriously. Never signed up. Yeah. You, you sh- I'm, I'm glad I didn't. I'm, I'm glad I stayed away. When I went to see Ready or Not at the Alamo, the girl behind the counter uh, said, hey, did you sign up for the season pass? And I was like, twice. Mm-hmm. Twice the season pass, and I still don't have it. <laughs> She's like, oh, sorry. She's like, well, they're, you know, they're, they're just going through the queue. And I was like, my friend signed up for it after me, and he got in earlier. Mm-hmm. It's like clearly they're keeping me out because I spent so much money, like without it. No, yeah. I talked to um, the people there. It was randomly generated. Fuck. Yeah. Even it's even. not. It's not how you signed up. So everyone who signed up, they had a cutoff, and then they just randomly generated it. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you meant it. I mean, the Regal one's pretty good. It's twenty-one bucks. You get as many movies as you want. I know, but you know, I know. I'm tempted to do, even though I, I don't really like Regal. I mean, I don't know what it's like anymore because <laughs> I just go to the <laughs> Alamo. Bitch, I'll kill you. <laughs> Actually, the only hard thing with the Alamo is they don't, because they're screens, they don't have as many movie theaters. It's harder for me to get to screenings. Um, I mean, it's easier now. Kellen started kindergarten, so I went and saw Ready or Not at, you know, 11 in the morning. Mm. Um that's not bad. Yeah, no, it, but it's is is it a sign of getting old when you enjoy morning screenings more than evening screenings now? Uh, uh, yes, it is. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I would like horror movies. I really like to see at night, mm. but it's so hard. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but I mean, if you, if you're lucky enough to get the Alamo season pass, it's the easiest thing in the world. You just have to have their app. You select your seat and you say apply your season pass, and the ticket pops up thirty minutes before the show. And it's even better now because uh, they did get rid of the matinee screening price. So their matinee screening price is ten bucks now. I know. I know. That's a bunch of horseshit right there. So 
Well, I think it's because it, I'm guessing maybe over the winter they might bring it back. Maybe. Yeah, That's what I was thinking too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm going to, I think today I'm going to try to run and see what, where'd you go, Bernadette? Because mm. my, my next, uh, film series I'm doing is going to be Kate Blanchett. So you want to get ahead of the curve there? Yeah. I want to see it even though it got bad reviews because, uh, I like Linklater a yeah, lot. Yeah, we'll see. So, um, his last flag flying movie wasn't that bad in spite of the reviews. Um, uh, Move a little bit to Netflix. Um, I, this this is uh, a shocker. Um, the Irishman, uh, directed by Martin Scorsese, is having a hard time getting to theaters because Netflix and the movie theater chains can't negotiate a deal because the movie theaters are t- uh, holding on to older traditions and Netflix is being a stubborn jackass. So they're both at fault. But the bottom line is, mm. is that... You're going to only be able to see the Irishman it, at like landmark theaters. But see, here's the thing is I tend to lean more to the movie theaters on this one mm-hmm. because why would they exhibition something that you can get for free and they don't make money off of it? it it's all it, at the end of the day, it's all about money. Well, and also the the movie theater wants an exclusive window where they show yeah. it first before Netflix puts it on. And Netflix is going like, no, we want a day and date for both. And it's like, no, but that's, that's, that's not a good business model for the movie theaters. And, and also that's why, I mean, Netflix wants to change the game so much, but like Amazon does it correctly where they give the window, but then they, then after that, it's all on them to make all the money in the world from it. I actually think Netflix might start being in a little bit of trouble because I the, agree. the Disney stuff is really cheap. Uh, my wife is going to sign up because we already have Hulu. Mm-hmm. So we're going to sign up for the Hulu, Disney, and Spotify, like 12 bucks. Or the ESPN. And ESPN, it, it, yeah. too. Yeah. Or is it ESPN? I can't remember which one it is. but I know ESPN's part of the package. But I don't know if Spotify it's $12. There. Yeah. And, I mean, we already paid $10 for Hulu. So. Two bucks for all the Disney yeah. shit ever. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no. I, like I said, this is, you know, I, the only loser, the, the biggest loser in all this is Scorsese, who. You know, say what you will about him as a filmmaker, but his movies do look good on a big screen, and it would be nice to be able to see The Irishman on a big screen. Don't make a deal with Netflix. They were the only people who were ever going to give him that much money to do all the de-aging shit. (laughs) They gave him $200 million for that movie. That's not a $200 million movie in this day and age. You also don't have to cast those people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That I agree with, but I'm kind of excited to watch Joe Pesci in a movie again, so... Um, And uh, I've I'm curious to see what Al Pacino does with Scorsese because they've never worked together. Um, if Pacino keeps doing his Pacino thing, that's a whole other thing. Um, lastly, though, I want to bring up something that uh, Brad's going to have some thoughts on, I'm sure. Uh, the movie Sudden Death is getting a remake with a comedic twix, twist, and it's heading to Netflix. Well, the first one's kind of... Yeah, I was going to say, the first one's <laughs> kind of funny, too, I'm right? confused here. Like, what's the comedic twist? I mean, it's not intended to be funny, but it is. Yeah. Well, it's funny, like, Double Impact is funny. Like you know what I mean? Like why is he doing those splits and yeah, stretching like people? Out? Stretch class. Yeah. yeah. Why are we thwarting a terrorist plot in a hockey stadium? Like it, it, it's all ama- It's it's all because the vice president goes to hockey games. Yeah. But, but it's all a ridiculous premise to begin with. Like it's yeah, all like. Yeah. It, it, that's why I love in my action movies though. Yeah, that's what it's called. Welcome to Southern Death. So that's why I, I can't wait to see Rambo. I don't know if they're accurate. Like maybe it's not related. It's just you know. A premise that you could do it's like you're yeah, not like threat level midnight yeah uh but apparently it's <laughs> yeah, gonna have comedian much, yeah. apparently it's gonna have comedian gary owen go gary owen in it and michael j white and i like me some michael j white so i like when he got a pencil in his face <laughs> how about a magic mm, trick that wasn't him i like him when he was black dynamite you got a throat slit you got a throat slit? i thought it wasn't the dude got no that's oh that's right that's, that's right it's, it's like one of his it's like common i think 
or yeah. not common. Because um... then he get, like he's playing pool and oh, that's, that's right, that's right, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's after he tells him put a smile on that face. Yeah, yeah. no, Michael J. White's the one who uh, wants to make sure no one sells drugs to the community. Mm. But Mike Dynamite, I no. sell drugs to the community. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, oh, one last thing. Sony uh, and Dan Trachtenberg have parted ways on the Uncharted movie. I'm only bringing this up quickly because James should be here to talk more about it. Well, I mean, it's not surprising yeah. that Sony can't get the Uncharted movie made no. to save their lives. And they never will. Nathan Drake will forever be Uncharted in the film world. Mm. That was a bad joke. I'm going to retire mm. now. Yep. That's news. Muted. <laughs> <laughs> Movies come out on Blu-ray that sometimes we get in movie releases. DVD releases the Blu-rays. Well, uh, if you haven't seen the movie Rocket Man, you can pick that up on 4K, Blu-ray, and uh, Steelbook. I, don't know, I think it's going to be a long, long time. <laughs> Touchdown will bring you around again to find... That's a horrible fucking joke, Ryan. <laughs> you're, not the, you're not the man they you think got, you are on the podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> you got dad jokes now. I know. Jeez. <laughs> uh, the Steelbook, by the way, uh, I'm going to say looks like crap. Kellen told me that my joke smelled like farts, so I guess it stunk. Well, he is a comedic genius. He, <laughs> he would is. know. He does. He's already had 15 Netflix specials in the, yeah, what, yeah. five months Butts he's been on toilets, the yeah. wieners and butts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to be surprised if he wins an Oscar before... If I, I ever know. make a comedy album, I'm going to name it Wieners and Butts. <laughs> <laughs> Just because. <laughs> um... My son's my head writer. <laughs> yeah. So you guys hear about those wieners and butts? <laughs> um, <laughs> Catchphrase, butts and toilets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a way for my movie for me to just say butts and toilets. Uh, oh, shit, we're going to get started. Um, now, I don't know if... I want to do this really quickly. There's no... Uh, other selections for it, but it says there's a steel book of John Wick three available this week. I doubt that's the case because no, other options would be available. Is so. John Wick three coming out next week? I no, it, I, I don't say see that it. it can't be. So it's got to be a mistake on uh, Blu-ray.com's part. But yeah. um, what's not a mistake on their part is you can get Godzilla: King of the Monsters in Blu-ray and 4K, and nice. uh, yeah, uh, looks pretty I, awesome in 4K. I liked that movie, and I love that score. So I will it's definitely fun. be checking it out again. I mean, have some, you know. In for a monster movie has some like lapses in uh what yeah, do you call it? Like, like but you know what the I, story yeah but it's also like what did i really come for zach what, what did you really come for did you come to just watch the monsters fight because that's what you did <laughs> and i was fine with it um and then also um not to give them uh too much attention but uh you can get the secret left life of pets too if you want i don't know my wife took kellen to see that i didn't see it you're a good man. They're they're Ryan wondering. Frost. I was reading a article on Variety, and they're saying winners and losers, and Secret Life of Pets was a loser because it made only three hundred million dollars, and I guess the first made a billion. And yeah. they and I said, well, the problem is, is um, why Pixar movies continuously do better than the previous ones is because they're still good movies. If the first movie of Secret Life of Pets, the novelty of seeing pets talk and hang out while Toy Stories with Pet. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie isn't very good. Yeah, people will go see it initially. Yeah. But then the returns aren't going to be as good because the movie is freaking garbage. Yeah. I agree. Uh, and then also on Blu-ray only, you can pick And up- I am an expert on this. I've seen that movie probably 20 times. Yeah, that's true, actually. Like, 
We'll talk about Illumination and what we've been watching because I watched one of their recent films. It's not Secret Life of Pets because I will not. I I watched the first 25 minutes of the first one and then shut it off because I was just like, nope, I'm not going down this rabbit hole. Um, but uh, on Blu-ray and digital only, though, you could pick up uh, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which is a film from earlier this year. Uh, I liked it. It's a very interesting tone poem kind of film that I think you should totally check out. Um, now moving on to the uh, 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 catalog releases, uh, Warner Archives is putting out Jezebel with Betty Davis, uh, which between this and Gone with the Wind, Jezebel is the better movie. Um, you should all check that out. Uh, you can also get V, the original miniseries on Blu-ray. Uh, I'm going to get that because I like mm. V. Uh, that version of V. I, I, there was a newer version that came out not too long ago that I wasn't a fan of. I like the movie version, V for Vendetta. <laughs> I like Natalie Portman. V, the, the, um, the, the miniseries with aliens. Um, the on 4K you can also get Stand by Me. That's um, a great movie. Rob Reiner movie. Uh, I actually want to pick that up because I Sony does really good with their 4K. Oh yeah. So I would definitely want to check it out. It's their property. They should. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, also on 4K, um, you can pick up a movie that stars Marlon Brando as a fat man in the jungle. It's also called Apocalypse Now. And this is the final cut, and apparently it's going to have all the other cuts. Finally. So, yeah. <laughs> I love the smell of napalm in the morning. I love the cover on that, which is just Martin Sheen popping mm-hmm. out of the water, because um, it's better than the other ones I got. I used to have the dossier that just was a brown manila folder, and it was boring. That was creative. Mm, it's fine. It's flimsy as shit. I didn't like it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Severin is putting out Wax Mask. I have no idea what this is. No, nope. look at that cover. Yeah, though. It's awesome. Yeah, it, it uh, reminds me of the cover for Hardware, except it's not a robot skull; it's an actual skull. Um, and then also, Sony is putting out a catalog title of The People vs. Larry Flint, which is a Milos Forman film written by the guys who wrote Ed Wood. I've talked about it before. Y'all should check that out. And fuck Woody Harrelson. What did Woody Harrelson ever do to you? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! You don't like Cheers the, in the no, later I years. Do like That's Cheers. right. You don't, in the later years, even I do. Okay, good. Right on. He doesn't like Solo yeah. or Zombie Land. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Fuck Tallahassee too. Um, the city in Florida. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, last but not least, uh, you can get uh, Cohen Media Group is putting out "Get Out Your Handkerchiefs," which uh, I just brought that up because that title sounds dirty and stupid. Uh, anyway, that's Blu-rays. Uh, you should also know that soon uh, Disney is finally releasing Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant-Man, Doctor and Strange. Doctor Strange on 4K. The Steelbooks are on Best Buy. Nice. Hmm. So maybe with uh, Spider-Man? Oh, Far From Home, probably. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, Brad, what'd you watch this week in a segment we call What We've Been Watching? So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Not a lot. Um, I will start with, uh, so I finally figured out how to rip Blu-rays on to uh, digital copies. And uh, so I've been, for a long time, I've been wanting to do the, um, like, re-edit of the Star Wars prequels. So in the process of doing that, um, I kind of watched a little bit of Attack of the Clones. And man... Is that CGI not all up? <laughs> on a 4K monitor at 1920 by 1080 resolution? Um, yeah, the uh, you know the the Count Dooku fight. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just floating in this completely d- digital backdrop. Uh, yeah, it was shocking. 
Um, and then I got to thinking, like, you know, people rag on the original, uh, like, special editions that came out. Like, what, like, why not try, like, this would be a great excuse to do special editions because you could mm-hmm. go back and upgrade all that. Like, render it a lot, little more. And yeah, stuff. like, re-render it. Um, and it would be more in keeping with what you're visually going to do anyway. So. Uh, yeah, and, like, you know, they're going to put them out in 4K versions eventually, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, like, why not? Like, I don't think anyone's so precious about those movies that they would feel like you can't touch them Yeah. other than George Lucas. So well, I haven't seen the People versus George Lucas two. So mm-hmm. like, I'm like, cool. Like you, you can harken back to the special editions, like remind people of that whole thing. Yeah. Um. And like, yeah, I, I it, they benefit so much. Pretty well, yeah. And like, it's not like you have to like fix puppets and make them look real still and digital. Like you have the models, you know, make them yeah, better make and the lighting better. Re-render and, yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So fix the composite because even some like the composites of just their heads against like bright windows. Like there was a scene where Anakin and uh, Amidala are just like in a cockpit and they're just yep. against these green screen windows. Yeah, and the you apple can... looks really bad or whatever the fruit they're she's, he's feeding her. Oh, the, the pear, the space pear, yeah, or whatever yeah. the fuck it is. Yeah. But you can even see like little green uh, swatches in their hair. Really? For yeah, I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah. So, but again, it's like, I'm watching my 4k computer monitors on this, like I can see all the detail of the nineteen twenty by ten eighty mm-hmm. copy, and you know it's smaller. And if they did that, do you think they'd go to Lucas and ask him for help with that? Because he's got experience with it. Or? I don't think they have to at this point. Mm-hmm. Like they he's own it. it. Yeah. But they maybe try to do it out of respect and be like, "Wow, wow, wow! Who, who came crawling back?" <laughs> I'm sure Kathleen Kennedy would, but I'm sure yeah. George would be like, "I don't care. Like yeah. I'm, I'm tired of this thing. Like yeah. it just haunts me. Leave yeah. me alone. I'm repairing cars in my basement. Along do what with you want. Movies. I sold it. <laughs> yeah, yeah." Um, and he he enjoys doing a lot of stuff with his wife now at this point. Yeah, like he helps and shit, any yeah. building that museum and building a museum. Yeah, he's an actual yeah. philanthropist. Yep. Um. So I went to the drive-in, and the new movie in the lineup that I got to see was Angry Birds Two. Um. Admittedly, I wasn't paying attention because I was just thinking about how much of a failure I was at the forty-eight. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, when I did, you know, jump back into the movie. I'm not sure what was happening. It seemed like there was this uh, female bird who was really upset that she was dumped at the altar. And then the, the I guess the eagle from the last one is a totally like non-committal dude. And he basically, so she wants to destroy the whole Angry Birds town because of him. So the other Angry Hell Birds have to, no fury like a woman scorned. Exactly. So the other Angry Birds have to convince, I guess Red is the main one, uh, has to convince that eagle to get his shit together and repair this rift that is, uh, I don't know, 20, 30 years old. I, I don't think birds live that long, but yeah. It was, uh, Angry Birds. It's did. the highest rated tomato meter uh, video, video game. game adaptation. Oh, video game. Mm. Even more than Detective Pikachu? Or? Yeah, Detective Pikachu thinks like 53%. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I wasn't engaged. I was popping <laughs> in and out. So not good enough for <laughs> Um I like my ones like Resident Evil and Doom. Yeah. There's this really, like, actually, there's this one kind of gross, tasteless scene where I, su- I suddenly started paying attention where there's, like, a security guard bird in the bathroom taking a piss, like, at a at a urinal, which I'm like, I don't think birds urinate like that, but okay. <laughs> um, but, but then uh, the other birds did, like, the, you know, the, the like, banded together inside, like, a trench coat disguise thing, and then... They're trying to get like the security uh, tag off the security guard bird, 
And so they're kind of like pure, like they're making him really awkward. Like they're trying to look at his dick. Um, and that's the whole scene. Like, um, you know, he's peeing forever and then they're trying to like make him like trying to get the thing, but also making him uncomfortable. And then he gets like, he trips and like hits his head on the sink, like really hard and gets knocked out. Um, yeah, I was just like, to write the whole scene, like in a kid's movie, the scene in the bathroom <laughs> where they're trying to, like, like the birds thinks they're trying to scope out his dick. Cause like, I don't know if this should be in here, but I know it's, well, you knew like the secret life of Pixar pets, wouldn't do that. They, there's literal scene where the rabbit shits and you see it. <laughs> oh God. Yep. All following that DreamWorks model of just like throwing everything in, but the kitchen sink, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've, I hadn't seen the Goonies in probably like 30 years. Oh, wow. Um, so I watched it last night at the Esquire and, um, I hope I got on my film explosion cause I enjoyed it like a lot more than yeah. I did. It's fun. In my memory of the past. Uh, um, I was just, I was trying to think of you know, Richard Donner directing it. Um, cause it feels like it was probably, this movie feels like it would have been a night, nightmare for the sound guy to record because it seems like the kids are always off script. Like almost like it's an improv movie for them Hmm. um, because they're constantly talking like there's not there's very little downtime of any like they're they're also talking over each other, which is like I imagine the sound guy would be like pulling his hair out Hmm. um, trying to. But yeah, it's constantly just people talking, Um, but it's still fun. And then also ruining my dad's painting and you're ruining my joke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I was waiting for the climax, trying to remember like how it's going to end. And I was surprised. So, so they get the jewels in the end, right? Because mm-hmm. it was in the marble bag. But I felt like I was surprised because leading up to it, when they find Chester Copperpot's body and um, Sean Astin, like, searches through his wallet and pulls out that Lou Gehrig card, I was, like, you know, expecting that, yeah, they lose all the jewels, but they got that, like, valuable card at the end then they could sell it to save the house. Um, and that didn't happen. I was kind of like, I feel like my story's better. <laughs> like because they don't get the jewels they they find something else like you, you think is not as valuable and anyway yeah i yeah i but i was totally convinced that was the end and it didn't yeah it's uh they don't make movies i know i say a lot they don't make movies like that anymore where the kids are in peril and it's you know and cursing up and a cursing storm. and really politically incorrect and, and that's why i loved good boys is because you kind of miss the young kids just being kids. Just being kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you think that the language out of the Goonies mouths was less offensive than Monster Squad? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I actually didn't sit there thinking they said anything offensive, really. Mm, fairly sure Corey Feldman has a word or two that wasn't I can't remember. Enough. I'll have to watch it again. Well, you know. What, what do you say? I, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember. Well, I guess I watched the movie in two years. I guess years. in the beginning, he's, like, trying to... And they like, fat tr- shame Chunk. I mean, they make him do the truffle shuffle, but it's <laughs> fat shaming. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, I I did the truffle shuffle to win a free ticket and popcorn. Nice, so, I do it too. Yeah, I, I was surprised. Like that's why I got up because she invited like three people to go up and no one went up, and I was I waited and I waited and no one go up, and I was like, I guess I'll just take this because there's competitions. Nice. Like, and there's free shit involved. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like a free. Ticket to a movie at the Esquire. Hell yeah. giving you a chunky. Popcorn. My dignity is worth exactly one free ticket to the yeah. Alamo and one v- food voucher. But I guess I get Corey Feldman in the beginning, like when he's speaking Spanish and trying to like trick the the, the hired help into yeah. thinking that there's cocaine in the drawer. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, 
That's not as offensive as calling people the F word and stuff. <laughs> I'll have to think about it. I'll have to watch it again. I haven't seen it in a little bit. There's no gay slurs and Goonies that I noticed. I don't think so either. And there's that, I no. get to one part, uh, uh, one girl, like her boyfriend is turning the mirror to like look down her shirt. Mm-hmm. And then. Yeah. I forgive that stuff. I mean, all kids do it. Yeah. I mean, you don't see it. She's just talking about it. So but I guess there's like that male gaze going on. Yeah. And I wouldn't try to say that the language in Monster Squad is like somehow forgivable. Like it's it's there though. Like, but the Goonies has it's similar. outdated. Yeah, it's that's the thing. They're both of a time that you can't do that anymore. Like unless you're Seth Rogen and put an R rating on it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's like Seth Rogen was just in the room just now. Um. So uh, the other thing I saw at the Esquire, which is really good, uh, was the Peanut Butter Falcon. Um, really simple movie of just uh, two dudes trying to get from North Carolina to Florida um, through like this peninsula. Um, you know, it's like a Huckleberry Finn story uh, where this kid, his family dies, I think, or uh, there was one part where it made it seem like he was abandoned by his family. But uh, according to the, he gets a, he gets put into a, like a nursing home, right? Mm-hmm. Because the state doesn't know like how to handle him. So that that was the best option, and um, he's a big wrestling fan. And so in the nursing home, he uh, he lives in the same room with Bruce Dern, uh, uh, and he watches uh, this t- like this VHS tape of this wrestler. I forget what his name. It's like Saltwater Dave or something. Um, but you know, he's he's like a Macho Man style wrestler mm-hmm. played by Thomas Hayden Church. Oh, nice. um, so anyway, he doesn't want to be in the nursing home because he's like, uh, you know these are all old people. Why am I here? Yeah. And, uh, Dakota Johnson is his caretaker and she's responsible for making sure he's there. But anyway, he devises a plan with Bruce turn to escape and he breaks out. Um, he wants to go to this wrestling school, uh, led by saltwater Dave. Um, and basically Dakota Johnson is following them the whole time. And then Shia LaBeouf's got like these, uh, crab fishermen who he screwed over, uh, trying to hunt him down and so like it's just a road movie um uh, where they learn about each other and it's really charming um hmm. their interactions together and what they go through and um I mean, it, the, the trailer sold me so i'm I'm glad you enjoyed it because yeah I'm, I'm i didn't even see the trailer it. it's one of those things where you like shia labeouf is really good and you just wish he would just focus on being an actor yeah. sounds like he's not been being doing a goofball that. which in this movie he is just I, it's the best performance I've ever seen him do. Because even like the Transformers movies, I'm not a big fan of, but he's really charismatic in them, and you can see why Spielberg kind of tapped him to like lead, you know, Indiana mm-hmm. Jones and stuff. And he's he kind of gotten his own way. Yeah, he's a, he's a different person in this movie. Like, I was convinced that he was this Southerner, like who, um, you know, just has this chip on his shoulder, and you know. But also, like, really cares about this uh, lost kid. Um, and actually, the trailer for his Honey Boy, like, this biopic that kind of wrestles with his own father issues sounds really good. Even though, like, concept's not my thing, but he looks like he's, like, killing it performance-wise. So Yeah, so definitely check that out if you can. Um, I think it's going to be the Esquire a little bit longer. Mm. Um, and then the last thing I saw, which was also really great, is The Boys uh, on Amazon oh, Prime. The, yeah, that show. Um, I was... I was blown away. I like binged it right away. Um, it's only like eight episodes, I think. Um, but you know, the comic based on the comic, yeah, by Garth Ennis uh, and some other people. But, um, 
you know, Brightburn earlier this year did the whole, like, what if, you know, Superman was evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one is a better, like, obviously it's an adult version, but basically the, the whole thing is about, like, you know, in a, in the real world, if there were superheroes, they would be sociopathic. Like, mm-hmm. because they, you know, without matching villains to bring them down to earth, mm-hmm. um, they have free reign to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, so this centers around a group of people who have been in some way like disadvantaged by the superheroes trying to be superheroes. And also the superheroes are a business. Mm. So there's a big company that, you know, manufactures conflict, um, you know, put, you know, markets them in movies and commercials. Um, and, you know, they're super powerful. They're insulated from any kind of consequences. And meanwhile, you know, they're doing drugs or, accidentally murdering people in the process of saving others. Um, and they don't care. Like, you know, they're rich. Um, they can do whatever they want. And so these people who have been, who are suffering because of the mistakes they've made band together and f- try to take them on. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to say too much because the, the twists and turns that it takes, but have you read the comic? No, it's all right. Yeah. I remember someone promoted it like way like, Kurt, a long time ago. Uh, Cora really liked it. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't remember like what I saw being with the description that I remember, but, uh, yeah, it's fascinating. Like, especially their version of Superman is called Homelander and he's like, it's like whoever's playing him, like he's this great duplicitous character who, you know, is being the, the, this, the hero mark, like the top hero that they're marketing. And then all the like horrible things he does, like, under the surface of this guise of being like this good person when he's really not. Um, and they're like, there's a, there's a new edition. So basically their justice league is the seven. Um, and the company, like that's the top tier. Like if you are the, like, the world has like hundreds of superheroes, but the seven are the top ones and they're all justice league knockoffs. Like the Aquaman is the deep. And that's the funniest part of the show is this Aquaman knockoff called the deep. Um, he like he eventually gets disgraced because uh, he tra- he gets this uh, new recruit to give him a blowjob um, and keep it quiet. But then like once that gets found out, he gets d- demoted and they send him to like rural, I think Ohio or something. Um, and like his next goal is to like free all the fish at SeaWorld or their version of Ocean Land, I guess. Um, and uh, there's this funny scene where he has stolen a dolphin. And he can also talk to fish, so he's having this conversation with this dolphin in the back of the trunk. Um, and then uh, the cops track him down, and he hits the brakes, and the dolphin's not secured, so the dolphin flies through the windshield and out into the street. And then, like, in the midst of that horror, like, his best bud dolphin, who was asking him to suck his own dick <laughs> before that in dolphin speak, um, you know, hits the pavement, and then this bus comes by and, like, splatters the dolphin. <laughs> he asked me to suck his dolphin dick. He did! <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but the main story is, like, uh, Carl Urban is Billy Butcher, um, and he uh, is trying to take down Homelander because Homelander did something really bad to ruin his life. And this other character, Huey, uh, is just, like, he works at, like, a radio shack, basically. Um, and his girlfriend, you know, they're ready to like start this life together and they're just walking down the street one day and like, it's shocking because, you know, with no frame of reference from the comics, 
I'm just sitting there and all of a sudden she just gets obliterated in front of him. So he's like holding onto her like hands detached from her body and her whole carcass is just spread out. And there's this uh, flash character called a train. So he's super fast, but he was like high on drugs at the time. So he just blew through this girl. <laughs> um, and so Billy butcher basically recruits Huey to like, you know, you know, you know, these guys, these heroes are shit. Like someone needs to take him down and it's kind of about like recruiting him and like, uh, un- unraveling the mystery of why they're super powered and hmm. where they come from. And Elizabeth shoes in it. And she's really great as like the head of the corporation. And she has like this weird relationship with Homelander, uh, like a mother son thing, even though God, she still looks great too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's been around forever. Remember, sorry for some adventures and babysitting. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's really complex and twisted and you should definitely check it out. Cool. It is in my queue. Or my watch list, they call it on Amazon Prime. Hmm. Yeah. That's it for me. Zach? Uh, watched a couple things while I was uh, gone, but not a whole ton. Um, when I was on the plane, I rewatched The Shawshank Redemption. Uh, that movie still fucking rocks. Um, it was a nice way to kind of kill the three-hour flight. Um, I rewatched The Conjuring, the first one, um, and the uh, movie still works. It's pretty wonderful. Um, rewatched No Country for Old Men. Uh, that was the first time I'd ever seen it on an HD TV because I've been I've only had my DVD copy for a while. Uh, and it <laughs> that photography is fucking beautiful. It's Deacons at his best. In CNN, the movies, uh, Tom Hanks talks about how great that movie is. It's pretty awesome. It's it's almost as if the I mentioned this before, but Tom Hanks talking about movies is pretty amazing. I'm very excited for that series. And, you know, it makes sense that Tom Hanks would say that because he was in one of the most underrated Coen Brothers movies yep. because, I don't know if you know this, the Coen Brothers, they've never made a bad movie ever. Well, never, that was a never. remake. Yeah, no, The Lady Killers, it's a remake. That's what I said. It's not really theirs. They... Their version of The Lady Killers. Yeah. They, they, it is very different from the original <laughs> yeah. one. Um, uh, but, yeah, no, that movie's still great. I mean... I, I focus a lot more on Tommy Lee Jones than I normally do in that movie. Like, I mean, I know he dominates the latter half of the film with his uh, scenes with his uncle and his wife, but I just was much more attuned to him. Whereas usually when I watch that movie, I'm more attuned to Llewellyn and um, Javier Bardem. What's what's great about uh, the Coen brothers is when they're going through uh, the CNN thing, they're going through some of their films Mm -hmm. because it's broken up by the... 40s 50s 60s 70s 30s you know and anyway so they're talking about him and you get sucked into their world mm-hmm. really fast and you know they were as um they're i forget what movie they're showing i think it was no country for old men mm-hmm. and then they went into pta's uh there will be blood mm-hmm. and it's like mm, it's not quite as good but you still get sucked into those world and you realize why they're such great filmmakers yeah um, I mean, like, I, yeah, I understand why you and James don't like There Will Be Blood, but, like, undeniably, like, at least for some people, like, that the world that Daniel Day-Lewis brings you well, in, no, or d- that PTA brings you into in that film is enticing. No, yeah, it is. I mean, um, he's a great filmmaker. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Even if you don't like the movies, you still admire what he does. Yeah. Well, you also admire somebody talking about, oh, are you? No. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, like I said, No Country for Old Men, it's wonderful, and, um, yeah. It's honestly like if I had to think about it, it's the most serious I've ever seen Stephen Root in a movie, uh, other than maybe Red State, because uh, mm-hmm. Red State's not really like what happens to him is kind of hilarious at the end, but like what is happening to him prior to the events of the shootout is not funny at all. <laughs> like, 
That's a pretty damn good poster. I'm not gonna lie. That's weird. That's, 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 <laughs> I think my phone's listening to us. <laughs> I, I, I swear they are. Do I have to? Do I have to replay the the collection again? <laughs> the collected. Someone's Ho- listening to us. Hollywood listens to us. Um, I saw for the first time Hunt for the Wilder People, uh, Taika Waititi's film with Sam Neill. That movie is wonderful and adorable, and I fucking loved it. And I can't believe I missed it. Um, have you guys seen it before? Um, mm. Um, yeah, no. Have you seen it, Brad? Hunt for the Wilder People? No. No? It's Taika Waititi film. Um, it, uh, it's about this little boy who's been passed around foster home to foster home because he's a, <laughs> a, a, a disaster artist in the making where he just, like, keeps causing wrecks everywhere he goes. Uh, he's, like, he's basically, like, it's graffiti, like, public disturbances, all that stuff, like, kid shit. Um, and so the the last possible option for a foster home for him is in the New Zealand outback um, with uh, this very kind woman and uh, who is like really excited about adopting and her husband played by Sam Neill, who's not so hot on the idea, but he does whatever his wife wants him to do because he loves his wife a lot. Um, the wife dies and a letter comes saying that they've got to give the kid back to foster care kid doesn't want to go back to foster care so he runs into the woods sam neil tracks him down and then they decide to become outlaws in the in the woods uh rather than take the kid back to foster care and it becomes a chase movie where the head of um child services goes on a like fugitive style hunt for these two people in the wilderness and she goes fucking nuts and Eventually, by the end of it, she's so obsessed that she's riding around in a military or police tank to chase him down a big ass field. Um, it's it's wonderful. This is the best Sam Neill performance I've ever seen, and like, and I've seen the best one prior to that, which is in the Mouth of Madness, um, in Jurassic Park, I guess, but in the <laughs> Mouth of Madness. Uh, but he's wonderful, and he's very uh, vulnerable and very um, he's very likable in the film in a way that he takes a lot of the gruffness that he has in Jurassic park, like around like kids and whatnot. And you know, he has that warmth and whatnot, but it's like, it's the warmth is like cranked up to a hundred. Like he just like, yep, you, you really feel for him and, and it's Taika Waititi. So it's super funny and it's super engaging and it's got a sense of humor about it. That's uniquely his, um, it's, I would say like, I mean, I love what we do in the shadows, but I think in terms of, things he's directed that's not mcu related like this is the one of the best things i've ever seen from him so um so yeah and it makes me even more excited for jojo rabbit because there's just certain things that he does with hunt for the wilder people that is very fascinating from a um uh, sociological standpoint so um and then another the last movie that i saw uh was i watched jason muse's directorial debut madness in the method and uh I didn't hate it. Um, if you don't know what the story is, it's about how Jason uses typecast to death. So he seeks out advice for acting and he finds it in the form of a book uh, that's supposed to, once you read it all the way through, you gain all the acting abilities ever. Uh, the reality is this movie is kind of a lot of things. Um, in the process of becoming so committed to method acting, Jason Muses, Jason Muse playing himself uh is trying to also get better roles in Hollywood and it starts off with him uh not getting a role and being angry at a casting agent for it 
And so uh, after he's read the book and tries to he, uh, like get into character, he tries to go to the casting agent to convince him that he's threatening enough for the role and in the process ends up killing the casting agent and um, chopping up his body and tossing it away. And then um, uh, the whole movie is uh, predicated on him having borrowed Vinnie Jones's car. <laughs> Uh, to do this act. So when he returns Vinnie Jones's car, Vinnie Jones is arrested for the murder of this casting agent. Um, so Jason doesn't tell the cops and instead continues to be a famous actor who's getting bigger roles as the movie goes on. But he also ends up killing people who know his secret in the process. Um, and uh, the whole goal is for him to get a role in Brian O'Halloran's directorial debut called The Odyssey, um, because for some reason, Brian O'Halloran be, just became a hot script writer and director out of nowhere. Um, the movie has a lot of problems with tone visually and consistency wise, but I like the idea a lot and it's not unwatchable. Um, there are some great moments from jason as a director involving kevin smith that break down their relationship in a very honest way and i'm like wow it's similar to tusk where these scenes belong in a very different movie um and uh his commitment to the dark comedy aspect of the film is very interesting it's it's very uh experimenty in in the visual sense so i don't know if ryan would like it per se because he does some weird david lynchian stuff in it which I was like, Jason Mewes made a David Lynch movie. That's the best way you can describe this film. Um, which is which is probably why I liked it, because I understand where he's going for. But um, I'd recommend it out of a curiosity. It's not a great movie. Like, There's a lot of problems with it. Gina Carino plays his girlfriend in the movie, and she's awful. Like, I, I, she, That's the worst thing I've ever seen her do. And uh, I, I like her in Haywire, so, you know, like... Although She's hey, the Mandalorian, why? right? Yeah, we'll see what she does in that. Mm. But this is just not the case. I don't know this this movie's uh, this movie's got a lot wrong with it, but it also does a lot of stuff that's worth watching. So I don't know if you've got the money and the time to kill for Madness and the Method. It's not that long, and Kevin Kevin Smith's great in it. Like he, there's a great scene where he talks about the reason, like the reason that he keeps Jay at bay is because he's so afraid of Jay going back down into drugs and alcohol. And I'm like, that's, there's a lot of it that's pertains to real life. Like mm -hmm. if you've watched the evenings with yeah. it, it makes sense, but remove that context. It somehow becomes stronger. So, but yeah, and that's all I watched this week. Uh, I didn't watch too much. I, I rewatched Iron Man on 4k and that movie's still awesome. I love Tony Stark's arc, even now that it's over. Mm. Um, cause he, his character does change a lot throughout the whole, uh, Marvel universe. So it's really fun going back to see him kind of stripped down to being the arrogant guy that he was. You know, also I was surprised by mm -hmm. happy Hogan. It's like, thinner <laughs> oh yeah a lot movie. Yeah. yeah he doesn't have the the goat does favreau yeah. fluctuate throughout the decade i th I think he does in his whole career actually but yeah because i know he got bigger for chef because yeah. you would being a yeah. chef character eating all that food um so yeah i mean the movie's really fun um it's fun seeing the groundwork being laid mm -hmm. um and not knowing where at the time where it was going to go mm -hmm. um i watched a couple Cary grant films i watched one called the devil in the deep which is um, 
uh, from 1932, and it's uh, Cary Grant, Charles Lawton, and um, Gary oh. Cooper are all in it. Night of the Hunters, Charles Lawton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, in it, Charles Lawton's wife is like a flirt, and he's mentally unstable. So, I mean, this I think this is even before Hunchback, so it's, you know. Yeah. It's really hammy. Um, Cary Grant's only in it for the first maybe 10 minutes, and... Uh, he's in it because Charles Lawton thinks his wife is cheating on him with Cary Grant, who's another naval officer named Lieutenant Jekyll. Well, it's a fair assumption. <laughs> yes. And, um, Jekyll? Jekyll? Is it Jekyll? 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 And so he's, I mean, he's okay in it. He's not, he really has nothing to do. Uh, the real heart of it is, is you know, the Charles Lawton character is crazy and extremely jealous. Shocker. <laughs> and so. She ends up falling in love with Gary Cooper, mm-hmm. um, who's also a lieutenant, I guess, on the submarine. Yep. And uh, she goes and sees him because she falls in love with him as well. Mm-hmm. And while they're there, Charles Lawton figures out that he's on the ship. So he purposely sabotages a submarine to sink to the bottom of the bay. Mm-hmm. And yep. Sounds like a typical Saturday for Charles Lawton. Yeah. Honest. So it's, it's supposed to be this melodrama war like psychological war and it just comes across kind of hokey saboteur yeah kinda, like... i mean and, and even like charles lawton I'm like man he's come a long even gary cooper seems it's weird because i really like gary cooper um not as much as grant obviously but yeah, we've it, talked about yeah cooper he, he before, seems yeah. really stiff in this movie and he's usually kind of a loose performer so i don't know if he's uncomfortable <laughs> um in this role I, or it's really early in his career too see i find cooper to be not stiff but stern yeah but he is looser you're I agree. Yeah. like but this must have been early on because what year was this film 32 yeah because lawton would have been the way bigger star like, yeah we'll be talking about a lawton film like in the next couple of weeks that he did with hitchcock and it's the only one they ever did together yeah, he's, i mean it's an all right movie yeah. i mean the submarine stuff's cool because it's little miniatures um but yeah it's it, it, as for as a Cary Grant film, it's not really a Cary Grant movie. He just yeah. happens to be in it, and all the stuff uh, after fact because Cary Grant became such a big star. It's him and Charles Lawton. They're literally in one scene together. Yeah, maybe two. Um, so it was all right. Uh, I also watched Hot Saturday, which was uh, I did some research on that one. It's his first um, leading man role. It's a sequel to Medium Warm Friday, yes. right? Yes, um, and then Cool Sunday. Ah, um, <laughs> cool. Uh, but yeah, so in a hot Saturday, Cary Grant, of course, plays like a, a womanizer, like notorious womanizer. Wow. Are you uh, fucking serious? Yeah, and he's wealthy. Um, <gasps> wow. And there's uh, a young woman at the bank who everybody likes. She's the receptionist. Mm-hmm. And so the movie is actually kind of cute for a little bit. And then it kind of gets really sad. But um, anyways, she's in the bank and they're having this big party on Saturday night. And it's a small town. So everybody knows each other. So it, the the establishing shot is pretty fun. It starts with a banker and he writes, we go to the party with me and he sends it down um, through the other tellers. And when it gets to this one guy, he erases his name and puts his name down there and hands it to her. <laughs> um, and then she says no. And then a guy who works next to her named Connie asks her and she says yes. Hmm. So she goes there with Connie, but in, after she says yes with Connie, well, then Cary Grant shows up and, and he's, he's going to cash a $10,000 check. And, um, <laughs> Don't you wish you just had those lying around? Ryan? Yeah. Like, so, you want your ten thousand dollar check? So Cary Grant, you know, says, "I'll see you at the party." Mm-hmm. She goes with um, that other guy, but while she's there, Cary Grant like intercepts, and so they go dancing and they they fall in love immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but the other dude Connie kind of gets jealous and he and she's she doesn't really um she's a flirt but she doesn't really do anything with Grant and is so she, she is she toying between the two of them like yeah, I don't know which one to choose yeah but she is... ha- she already has this reputation of being a flirt so oh. so she's but she's really not it's just a reputation a rumor in a small town yeah exactly. so she goes on a boat ride with this guy Connie and she gets um upset and he tries to force himself on her so she pushes him off and she gets off the boat and walks back to Carrie Grant's house mm-hmm. where she didn't come home till early in the morning so then a rumor started about her having an affair with this womanizer ah. um and so he basically drags her through the mud and then a childhood friend played by Randolph Scott comes Randolph Scott and I actually really like him he's in a few movies that I've seen um he and Grant were really good big, friends big old buddies yeah um so he uh He's like this Boy Scout wilderness guy, mm-hmm. and um, she ends up so happy to see him, and they get engaged. And at their engagement party, the other, I'll tell you the whole plot movie is only an hour long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at their engagement party, uh, the, 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 the Connie, the dude who was smited yeah. or whatever, um, invites Carrie Grant's character. I thought he got pushed off the boat for being a rapist. No. Uh-huh. He, he, he left her, so she fought him off, and he left her on the shore. So she walked to Cary Grant's home because she had nowhere else to go. Right, 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 right. And okay. so Cary Grant actually has this really great line where he says, um, I can't remember, but it's basically telling her that I don't care about your reputation. I know who you are as a person and I love that about you. Mm-hmm. So he he really likes her as a person. And so she finds Randolph Scott's dude and they get engaged. And at the engagement party, all the other people that spread this rumor about her said, well, let's invite... Um, you know, the womanizer, Cary Grant, mm. and not tell him that it's an engagement party. Mm. So he shows up and uh, Cary Grant just says, oh, I'm happy for you. If that's what you want, you know, that's fine. And this will be our last dance. And so they um, they dance and uh, Randolph Scott's character overhears her staying the night mm. at um, Cary Grant's house. And he calls off the engagement. And uh, so she goes back and she says, and it's basically her telling everyone i can't believe you'd believe these rumors about me and they're not true Mm -hmm. and then she goes into um carrie grant's arm she realizes that he loves her for who she is not for the rumors about her Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a cute movie um yeah that's it uh i watched two liam neeson movies uh first one i watched was cold pursuit um i got it at Redbox because you know everyone's always want to watch liam neeson and that movie's cold the movie's weird (laughs) i don't I, i don't understand the tone it's supposed to be funny but People are being killed constantly, but in not funny ways. I was so bored with it. Um, I, think I, almost, I think I did fall asleep. In it, so actually. in it, Liam Neeson plays a dude in Kehoe, Colorado that doesn't exist. A snowplower, his son is... O'Reilly oh, Kehoe, Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, gets kidnapped by drug dealers and gets injected with heroin and he dies of a heroin overdose. And Liam Neeson's like, my son's not a junkie. And um, his, his wife <laughs> leaves him. Actually, I thought it was a pretty sad scene. He comes home. Yeah, uh, just after, the way you said it. Was. Yeah, no, no. So this is later in the movie. So he comes home because she doesn't know how to deal with the grief. So he comes home after working. He buries himself in work and killing the people that killed his son. Um, he comes home and all her stuff is gone. Mm-hmm. And there's like a dear John letter on the bed. And he opens it up and it's empty. I'm like, oh, that's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. She just left and she never comes back in the film. Oh, 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 I get it. She has nothing to say to me. That's why she left the yeah. envelope empty. Yeah. Um, and then they make it's trying to be funny, but the the villain in it he's really a horrible actor um it seems like maybe english might be a second language because he kind of st- 
like stumbles through the lines. It's possible that like it's based on a foreign film. Maybe yeah, somebody. And it, uh, I always love that they do this establishing shot of Denver coming from like the east, but the, everything is flat except for like the Denver skyline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like Colfax and yeah. Lakewood like don't exist. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really bizarre. But then it has this really funny bit where so Liam Neeson figures out so he has to go up the chain of command. How why his son is dead because his son didn't do drugs. So he finds 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 a guy named Speedo. And he kills him, and then he's driving back home, and it's listening to sports talk, and they go, "What's the greatest quarterback of all time, Elway or Manning?" And he was Elway, and then he shows up at this like wedding dress guy who is uh, Limbo, yeah, and um, he asks him who the greatest quarterback of all time is, and he says Elway too, and then he just shoots him. Um, and then it also involves Just a bunch of pandering answers. Yeah, it also involves a Native American tribe that's also like a drug dealer and a taxidermist. <laughs> Um, sounds like there's a lot of things going on in this movie yeah and and so they go through all this stuff there's this big shootout at the end um, and then the one Native American like drug lord guy gets in his snowplow he's like well I'm just going to keep on working after there's this huge shootout at my company well you got to distract yourself after bullets are flying around and before so it was two warring drug families and then before they went one of their one of the uh, Native American dudes went on a parasol and then they all just left him, I guess in the air. And so, uh, uh, Liam Neeson and at the end of the movie, he's driving and then here comes his name's avalanche. <laughs> and He's, uh, coming this way and he's going through the, um, parasol and he goes underneath the, uh, the snowplow and he gets chopped up and shot out at the end. And that's the end of the movie. Maybe yeah. that's why Liam-, and Liam Neeson just keeps driving. And every time someone gets killed by Liam Neeson, like a title card goes. Yeah, up, with their name like, and their yeah, li- their their uh, number or something. Yeah, no, uh, their name and their um, what do we call it? Um, alias mm. or their nickname? Yeah, um, it, it was really bizarre, and I didn't get it at first because you know because his son died first, and they put up the son's title card. I go, what in the hell is going on with this thing? Um, what was this device trying to tell me? I don't, I don't get it. Other than it just felt like one of those like straight out of like film school, like yeah trying to be a tarantino movie yeah but or more not. like trying to be a smoke and aces apparently yeah, I mean, smoke and aces yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was all right like i had fun watching it i didn't hate it as much as you did um but i'm glad i only spent a dollar fifty on it at Redbox <laughs> because uh, every once in a while i'm in you know, best buy or second and charles i'm like eh, liam neeson movie like the second one i watched um okay perfect <laughs> Um, and so the second one I watched was The Commuter. Um, oh, which on is, a train. Yeah, which is, yeah. And actually, I like <laughs> Liam Neeson's, I call them February thrillers. Because there's a while there. Every February, he had a new something. He should make a movie called February Thrillers. He should. Yeah. Oh, my God. Kid one on a plane. Because I, I, think, I, think, I think Nonstop is pretty fun. Nonstop's um, good. Uh, I actually like Unknown a lot. Um, then Unknown is fun. Uh, Walk weird. Among the Tombstones is fun. Yeah, it's weird. Like, the one of his January, February thrillers I don't like is Taken. I really don't like the one that launched that. <laughs> like, but. Yeah, I mean, the Taken ones. Did, and it, So, in Commuter, he plays a guy who gets on a train every day. And he used to be a cop, but now he sells insurance. And he gets fired one day, and he gets back on the train, and Vera Farmiga, God, I love that woman. She's so beautiful. It's almost as if, though, she can't do any wrong. I know. And yeah, she's really good in the film. So she says, hey, there's $25,000 in the bathroom. You complete this little task. We'll give you another $75,000. Mm-hmm. And he's, well, I might have to do it. My son's starting in Syracuse. Um, 
So my son's not a drug dealer. <laughs> yeah. In fact, he's starting a Syracuse. <laughs> yeah. So he needs all the money. I know. I know you're excited. Um. So, yeah. So it's just him fighting dudes, and it, you have to solve the mystery behind it, and it's fun. And there's actually lots of famous Sam Neill's in it. Um, Patrick Wilson, Vera Farmiga. This sounds like the best cast ever. Um, yeah. Ah, uh, God. There's a couple other people. I can't, can't remember their names. Um, just, oh, the. Uh, one, uh, let, she's in Get Out? Uh, Betty Gabriel? No, like Letitia. Uh, or is she in Us? I don't remember. She's in one of those, but she has a really small role in it. Um, uh, I... No, she's uh, Shuri in fucking Black Panther. Oh, La- Latita Wright. Yeah. yeah. So she has this really small role in it. Um, and I go, man, there's a lot of people in this film. And it's just, yeah, him fighting people. There's a really awesome fight scene with an uh, axe and a gun and like throwing people through windows and shit. It's fun. We should. We it's way better than uh, Cold Pursuit. We should never underestimate the power of the February Neeson. Yep. And review those ones because, like, even if they're not good, we can be like, yeah, but on a scale of one to five. It's funny. I went on to <laughs> Box Office Mojo and I took out the Taken movies, and his February thrillers all make like 38 to $40 million. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. So it's probably why they keep making them. Yeah. I mean, you make it for 10, 15 million, you're good to go. Until you finally do Liam Neeson in a Charles Bronson biopic and he just goes, blah. Wow. <laughs> Uh, that's why I watched this week. Cool. Uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Ready or Not. Brad, should people play a game and see Ready or Not? Uh, yeah, I think this movie's a lot of fun. Um, and I'll, it, it's fun to experience what it says about the upper crust, I guess, yeah. um, in a fanciful way. Uh, yeah, the lead actress is amazing. Um, uh, the, the premise, I, I felt like there was a couple of missed opportunities of things. Like, it, it actually could have taking some things a little bit farther but overall it's i've seen it twice now actually and it, it's a fun romp um, nice. um I, I wouldn't call it like uh, i think they said like it's the year's best horror or something but i'd yeah. say it's more of a thriller because it's, it's not really scary it's more shocking yeah zach yeah you should absolutely see this movie um I slightly disagree with Brad because I think it's well, a horror movie. Well, fuck you then. <laughs> I, yeah. I slightly, <laughs> disagree with, guy. I slightly disagree with Brad saying it's not a horror movie because I think there's nothing scarier than the 1% and their ability to uh, oppress people. With but um, pussy, uh, outside of that, um, the thriller mystery aspect of it, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think Samara Weaving, Samara Weaving is wonderful in the film. Um, I, Adam Brody's really good in the movie. Uh, and it, I appreciate the haunted house atmosphere. They kind of apply on the old dark house kind of element to the film that mixed it with all the gratuitous violence that actually kind of reminded me of your next a lot to a bit of a degree. Um, just the way kind of people are kind of picked off and you're trying to figure out what's going on to a certain extent. But I, and I think the cinematography in this movie is actually like dazzling. Uh, it's pretty wonderful. Um, and the ending is great. So yeah, I'd check it out. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah. Um, I agree with Brad. It's not a horror film. It's more of a thriller mm-hmm. and a suspense film. Because um, <laughs> it's not scary at all. Um, but, it, it, uh, th- I mean, the horror element does come into play eventually. And I think um, it's done really well. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. If, I only have one little nitpick, and I think it takes a little bit to get going. Mm. Um, but uh, the actors are really good in it. And so, yeah, I mean, you're sucked in right away. Um, yeah, here's a here's a trailer for Ready or Not. Oh, 
I can't believe that in half an hour, I will be a part of the Lodomus Gaming Dynasty Empire. Uh, Dominion, we prefer Dominion. I honestly can't wait to be a part of your family. There's just one more thing. And then you are officially part of the family. So, at midnight, you have to play a game. Why? It's just something we do when someone new joins the family. A game. What game? Hide and seek? Are we really gonna play that? Well, the rules are simple. You can hide anywhere. We then try to find you. So there's no way for me to win, right? I mean, stay hidden till dawn. <laughs> no, thank you. Good luck. What the hell is this? How old is this thing? I know you're in here. Oh, Jesus. You shot the maid. Does she look like she's wearing a giant white wedding dress? Emily? <gasps> Holy shit! I had to play along so that I can get you out. It's insane. They think they have to kill you before sunrise. Or something very bad will happen to the family. If we don't find her and perform the ritual, we're all dead. Found her. God damn it, Emily! I don't know what I'm doing! And today's video is called... Getting to know your crossbow. I forgot my gun. Why don't you just use mine? Mr. Lodomas, I just saw her running. Oh my god! You're just another sacrifice. Do you think this is a fucking game? Yes, hide and seek. Remember? He wanted to get married. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Andy McDowell is a in this movie and she it's is. wonderful she is uh yeah in the film uh this young woman named grace is getting married into a family um part of wealthy a family a very wealthy family they're basically like milton bradley or something yeah um <laughs> where they make games and part of the initiation into the family is they play a game uh, at midnight and uh they go around and you know one guy got old maid and um a couple other games that's the first thing i'm confused about is i've seen it twice now and i can't figure it out so Hide and seek's the only game where there's yeah. life and death stakes. Yeah. Everyone else is like, yep. I mean, what's if there's no consequence to the other games? Like, wh- I think that there's no consequence because there has to be, you know, it's there's has to be a human sacrifice every once in a while. Yeah. Um, oh, it's, spoilers for this film. Um, so there has to be a human sacrifice every once in a while. So, what was the name of the devil? The ball. The ball. Yeah. La-Bale. So whenever, La-Bale. La- so whenever the ball is feeling hungry, La-Bale. that's La-Bale. when it's time to feed. Yeah. So. Yeah, so the other games, it's just bringing more people into the fold. And I'm guessing after they say, hey, you got old maid, but if it was hide and seek, you know, you, we'd kill you. So if someone gets hide and seek when they're married in this family, we got to kill them. I mean, because that means the ball wants a sacrifice at that point. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I, I appreciated how they kind of – I said the, the old Dark House earlier. Yeah. This is an older James Whale movie. And it's just in the fact it's not a haunted house movie, no. but there's creepy shit in a creepy house. And they play well with the geography of the space and whatnot, and the cinematography. Like I said, looks amazing, and just like 
it felt appropriately claustrophobic, even when they're outside the yeah. property because you're still surrounded by the trees and you're still yeah. There, I think there, there's lots of twists and turns throughout the film that are always like, that are fun and um, you know I even like the part where she goes into the barn with the goats and she sees the little boy and she says oh little Georgie and he fucking shoots her see like that's a horror moment like like a jump scare moment that like totally worked worked mm. worked on me like mm. I because I just wasn't expecting him to pull the gun because they hadn't set up that those children were truly indoctrinated at so, that point yeah. I think the, probably the most horror moment is when she had the hole in her hand and she had to like oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, use it to that, climb out yeah. through that nail of the goat pit yeah it, uh, so I saw the movie at the Littleton um Alamo Mm -hmm. and it was in theater five which seats like 150 people Mm -hmm. and it was 11 o'clock on a fucking Thursday and when I got my ticket there was three other seats like one dude was like in row four one was in like the back so I'm like I'll just be in row five right in the middle so I get in and there's literally a dude right next to my seat Mm. and no one else came in there was five people in the theater when I saw mine I think the night before um yeah, there was like three people in the theater. I went in, and then no one ever showed up. So I was alone. Not that I wanted, like, not that I wanted people company, but I was just like, I was surprised that there were sold tickets that people didn't show up for. Yeah, but it's so bizarre. Like, because they have you know tables. So if I sit here, why? And there's whole rows without people in it. Did you pick the seat right next to me? And so I I saw that, and I like. <laughs> I left. You did. You pulled a Brad. I was like, hey, I need a different seat. <laughs> yeah. Just because here's the thing is I was like 11 in the morning. I really didn't feel like eating anything. And when I don't eat anything and everyone else around me is eating, it drives me crazy. And he's already eating like a hamburger. Yeah. I'm like, I, I need it. So, yeah. Part of, me feel, part of me feels bad. Cause like, there's like this, I, I kind of wonder, is this like a lonely person who's like trying to connect with the world? But also I'm like, I'm not here for that. We're here to watch a fucking movie. Yeah. I don't feel bad because, I mean, I never sat down, but I like looked. I'm like, are you serious, dude? Of all the places, yeah. there's literally so 146 weird. other seats. It's just bizarre to me. Even if you sat in the same row with me, but you sat, you know, a little farther away. Nothing to think of is like maybe uh, like to him, that's his seat. Maybe. When he goes to the Alamo maybe. and like you're intruding on his space. Maybe. And I just took care of the problem for both of us. Um, yeah. So anyways, back to the movie. Um, <laughs> I have a question based on that, though, that pertains to the movie. Um, when Brad and I went, uh, there was nobody there either. No, we had to I be a really, wanted. really want to encourage people to not do that and go to this fucking movie because yeah. this is also one of the first Searchlight films to come out under the Disney acquisition. And I don't want <laughs> them to get rid of movies like this. And it's this. probably the last one with smoking, cussing, violence. <laughs> Yeah, um, so, but I would really prefer that people go to these things to show, because Disney is caring about money at this point when it comes to the Fox films. So. Yeah, so, anyways, so they Yeah, you're telling the, the plot. Yeah, but. so <laughs> and there's there's a human sacrifice element to it where they have to sacrifice a human, um, and uh, you ha- they have these, they set you up at the beginning with the, the board game with LaBelle, mm-hmm. um, where it's like, oh, he's Satan, basically, and, um, and so they're playing hide and seek, and they have to find her, and the... The kids keep on killing the maids. And there's even the really funny scene where the one um, maid is in the dumbwaiter. Oh. And she says, I, I'm not even a maid. I just, he just likes the way I dance. <laughs> and then she gets she crushed. She tragically. Oh, yeah, gets, like for... And pretty gruesome. Um, well, she ratted her out. So Yeah, so fuck her. I love yeah. the daughter of the family. She's like, she, after she fucked up, she's like, she looks in the mirror like, you got this. Just pulls out cocaine and goes, you're a winner. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just fun. Um, and then at the end, 
if I had one, like, besides it taking just a little bit to get going, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But if I had one complaint, you know, at the end, so they set this up that something horrible is going to happen to them, and then they don't kill her by dawn, which is part of their pact they made with the devil. Mm-hmm. And they open the thing and nothing happens. And then they all just start exploding. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had only one complaint, I really wanted the devil to show up and just start ripping people apart. But I thought it was pretty cool that like his ghost shows up in the yeah. seat. And she's mm-hmm. just like, fuck. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It is real. And then they cue back that creepy-ass record, the, the Hide and Seek oh, song. Oh, yeah, the Hide and Seek song. I mean, it's a really cool movie. And it's, yeah. I had a lot of fun watching it. I guess there's also a couple times where I was disappointed. Because it's, it's cool that she is like not helpless like from the get-go yeah. she's like ready to take down this family on her on her own mm-hmm. uh but there are a couple times where like obviously she could have got the gun from that kid that she punched out yeah and then the the trank gun when she steals the car yeah you know the only thing i would always say to that and i always tell people when it involves that i mean it's, it takes a lot to pick up a weapon and actually use it i mean she was i guess she was going to against I the, mean, she took that shotgun out yeah, of the, the game butler room. guy yeah um, now, he was really good in the movie too. Also, with the trank gun though, when she gets out of the car though, at that point Adam Brody disarms her kind of like because he's coming out yeah. there and like it, she's she's really <laughs> that convinced funny, that though, she can the, turn him around. In the so. FaceTime, like, behind you, behind you! Oh, yeah, turn down the music, you idiot! <laughs> yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. And then there's all, that, that, was, that was a convenient moment too. Like after the car wreck, like Adam Brody's. I know time has passed, yeah. but also like it is in the dark in the middle. Yeah, yeah. it's. Because he has a great arc, though, because he doesn't want to be a part of it. Then he realizes that his nephews are going to die. And then he decides he's going to be a part of it. But then he also ends up saving her by poisoning the family. Yeah. Um, It's a a really fascinating uh, character study. Yeah. And then her fiance turning like just just embracing his blue blood kind of like the the film's got a lot of poignancy to it and like and stuff i appreciate and i love the line i want a divorce and then throws the ring and he fucking explodes yeah Uh, look at me i'm okay nothing's gonna happen to me (laughs) (laughs) he's giving me a second chance (laughs) oh um fitch the uh the 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 husband that marries the 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 well the, the daughter of the family uh, when he's turning to Adam Brody's wife and going like, so at what point did we just jump ship? What do you say? <laughs> and she's just like, and, he, and she's like, she just walks away and he just goes, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a cool film. Oh, and he takes out his phone and he just goes like, not much family shit. <laughs> 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 and Samara Weeby like, just falls down. <laughs> what up, dog? Yeah. <laughs> Our packs with the devil bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> He's Googling it. <laughs> That's right. What's <laughs> up, dog? That's fun. And who plays the dad, the, 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 the hierarchy of the, the family? Patriarch, Mark yeah. O'Brien? Or? I forget. It. I don't know his name. I know I recognize him. I think he's from freaking ncis or whatever but like he's mm. fucking like i don't know he's, he looks familiar but he's yeah. fucking great as the dad of the family and yeah i think everyone's family is great like they're yeah. not just they're not just like throwaway characters they all kind of have like a good chance to shine and yeah have purpose they all have a personality of some sort it's, yeah. it's, especially like their scowling aunt right? yeah I love, you know <laughs> she doesn't stand up never claps oh was it like uh, when they're like early on it's uh she's like hey aunt and she's like Hey, brown-haired daughter, (laughs) brown-haired niece, brown-haired niece, yeah, that still exists. (laughs) Um, She, her visual look reminded me of like like a Karloff character, like like on freaking the Black Cat and whatnot. And was just like this, just is working for me visually. So yeah, it's a good film. It was fun. Uh, Next week, I don't know, we'll do something. Next week is indetermined. TBD. 
Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for Chad from the 40 Hour Film Fest project. Yeah, um, it's a project. It's not a, not a festival. It's yeah, a project. You can check out all the films at uh, the best of September 12th, 7 p.m. at the Mayan Theater. Tickets at the door are $13. Um, or online. Or online. Yep. Bye. That's all, folks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day. <laughs>